Yo, yo, what's up, guys and gals? Tonight's Gravity Lab Radio is brought to you by the Rating Center. You guys know who we are. You've listened to the show long enough. You know the Rating Center is a full-time rating school. You know we do coach courses, tandem courses, AFF courses, canopy stuff of all types. Rating courses, a lot of you guys and gals listening have uh, slower seasons. Some of you in the southern states are a little bit slower. Some of you in the northern states, if you're in the U.S. or even even the northern part of the hemisphere, uh, you might even be down for the winter. It's about halfway through. There's no better time to get your skydiving fix in now. Set up a course. Reach out to me, trc at theratingscenter.com, trc at theratingscenter.com. Send us an email. We'll set something up for you. We'll get you a course going as your season gets wound up right before you start or just as you start. Get that rating set up so you can go straight to work. While the season is slow, you can work and polish on these new skills you have instead of just getting overwhelmed with them in the middle of the season. I know the middle of the season is when we make the most money and we can afford to do the most ratings, but we don't have the most time. We're tired. We're worn out. And then we get beat up with that fresh rating. And there is something to be said about learning with saturation, but also pacing that entry is a great thing. So come on down. Check us out. We're in, uh, we're based out of Houston. We also have campuses in uh, Dallas and San Marcos, Texas. So typically we have some pretty decent weather uh, this time of year. We're not always going to be great weather. We will have weather holds. We will have weather days. And we uh, commonly have to uh, rearrange the, the schedule of the week just to make sure we get things knocked out. But we're usually able to get that done with no problem. But hey, man, I can't predict Mother Nature. If I could, I would call it Father Nature. Aha! You've heard the joke before. Anyways, give us a call. Give us a holler. TRC at theratingcenter.com. Let's set up those courses, whether it's for this spring, this winter, or even if you're thinking ahead in the summer, we've already got people booking into May and June courses. Give me a holler. Give me a call. And let's see what we can do to help you out. Tonight's Gravity Lab Radio is a interesting one for me. Our buddy Alex DeGlopper. Some of you know him as a packer at Spaceland a couple years ago, really didn't know what he was doing. He was wandering around, having a good time, enjoying life, and fell into skydiving. Suddenly started packing full-time on a drop zone, and now he's quit doing that to take advantage of the unlimited jump package. Let's find out a little bit about Alex's journey, how he got where he is, and what he hopes to do with what he's got. Enjoy my boy, Alex. I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really (laughs) exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and Nicholas Lott. Produced by Justin Grubbs. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Uh, awake cycles happening than I ever would have realized. That's probably me just moving a lot. Gentlemen. What's up? I started the show while you were talking. Hello, oh, hello. Cool, man. <laughs> We always talk about just trying to start the show without having to stop what's happening. I thought you were but, fidgeting oh, sure. around around there. You're yeah, doing something. F- the fidgeting has happened. Fidgeting? The, sh- the show is happening. Justin's actually been getting at it a little bit lately, too. There's been a couple fun little uh, intros and starts. When, when did you start it? Oh, God. 25, 20, 30 seconds ago. <laughs> okay. So not as soon as is yeah. that kind of, Okay. Anyways. I just wasn't going to tell you to stop before I started. Alex DeGlopper. Usually he says gentleman and I say your name. Alex DeGlopper, how are you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing pretty well. How are you guys? Dude, doing good, man. I am. Um, I like to think about you guys. So we, we talk. We don't do any prep for the show. Yeah. Um, but totally. I've actually started doing some type of prep and it's actually really simple and it's reflecting on my relationship with like that friend i've really got it's been super cool Mm -hmm. because like man how long have i known you what do i know about you what don't i know about you Mm -hmm. 
some of the questions yep. we ask are sharing. Some of them are me really learning. And, uh, man, I've known you for two years? A, a year and three-fourths? Yeah, somewhere around there. It, uh, June 2018 is when I moved, well, moved to Spaceland, I guess somewhat officially. I didn't know I was going to be here for that long, but that's kind of how it turned out. So before you moved here, where were you at? Uh, before that, I was in Utah. And before Utah, I was in Colorado and kind of traveling around a little bit, uh, spent a little bit of time in Nevada, but not a whole lot and just kind of bouncing around. So I'm from Utah. Cool. So to me, Utah can mean a lot of different things. Yeah, that's Because true. northern Utah and southern Utah are like two totally different planets almost. Yeah. So where at in, in Utah were you? Uh, I was living in Moab, okay. actually. Yeah, that's Mars, right? Yeah, Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So uh, Mars well, without Matt Damon. That's the only thing wh- What were you doing in... <laughs> Dude, that was one of my favorite movies. Did you like that movie? Super good. Yeah, Man, and apparently it's like relatively accurate scientifically, which I don't know that much about science, but I can appreciate that they did their research. My, my favorite line in the movie is when he's like, so I'm going to have to science the shit out of this thing. Yeah, so, for sure. Uh, yeah. Or he like it's officially good. explains how he's by definition a space pirate. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah, good shit. And what uh, what exactly took you to Utah? Um, It's just, well, Moab specifically. I didn't know much about Utah. What took you to Moab? Um, It's kind of action sports, whatever you want to call them, extreme sports. It's kind of a, a capital for all of those things. Um. I was very interested in climbing at the time. It's pretty much all I wanted to do. It was, I think it was just before I started skydiving or just after, so I wasn't that into jumping yet. And it's just a really good place to go and you know live in a tent and be a dirtbag and climb, do a bunch of fun stuff. And everybody kind of flocks there as well. There's a couple of locals, but for the most part, it's a super small town, and a lot of people like myself will go there and you know climb and do stuff like that for a good time if, if anyone has maybe seen videos online of things that have happened in moab but didn't know it was moab what, what would those things look like you mean like maybe a giant like, net yeah the space net for sure um a lot of high lines you know like a piece of webbing stretched across like a super long space in canyons there's a lot of base jumping that goes on there so you're just hopping off a cliff and stuff um really good like crack climbing it's like people are you know, climbing in a crack, there's not a lot of stuff around him and it's like kind of exposed and looks aesthetically pleasing if you're into that sort of thing. And like we were saying earlier, it just kind of looks like Mars everywhere. There's super red rocks and like a really desert terrain, I guess. How long were you climbing? Um, Like just there in Moab? No, in general. In general, I probably started maybe like six or eight months before I moved there. And then I was there for close to a year on and off. So like two-ish years, okay. somewhere around Just there. Just shy of two years you were climbing. How actively? Yeah. Um, when I was really into it, pretty much every day. Like I didn't really, I kind of had a job, part-time job. But that's kind of the way I, I tend to do things, I guess, is get very into one sport, <laughs> drop everything else. I don't really give a shit about work or anything. Just, you know, I want to climb every day or jump every day or whatever I can do. I'll eventually bring the, that climbing question back because I want to talk about skydiving, having good leg awareness, and then climbing, there's yeah. a lot of leg awareness, like totally. where you're flagging a leg and shifting your weight, really yeah. big game. Absolutely. Um, uh, arching into a wall, uh, talking about pushing you. So I, I want to ask you about that, but before you were climbing, what were you doing? So before that, I was living in Breckenridge, Colorado. Um, that's kind of like the first place I moved away from my hometown when I was like, I don't know, 19 or 20 or something. And I moved there just to get some more skiing and snowboarding in. Um, and I I think a year before I officially moved to Colorado, I took a trip out to Telluride 
And that was like my first time seeing mountains. And I just totally fell in love, decided to kind of drop everything and get a job out there. So, yeah, I just kind of went out there to ski and snowboard and see what happened. And I guess indirectly it led me to where I'm at now, still kind of doing the same thing, just different sport, different state. So you've uh, you've been a vagabond, a traveler. You, you kind of, I say traveler, not yeah. just place to place, but lifestyle to lifestyle. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, wandering, just not really have landing any places. Uh, really, this is kind of as long as you've done anything. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird. I mean, I wasn't expecting to stay here for this long, but it's just been so good to me, and I just can't leave. Yeah. It, it's amazing because so many skydivers come to the sport and they say, oh, you don't understand. I get hooked to all these different hobbies. It's like, actually, no, you've met most of us now. Uh, just skydiving is the one that some of us will stick with. Yeah, totally. And, and it syncs with you. What is it about skydiving that's captivated you so much more than these other really mm. exhilarating sports? I mean, climbing, snowboarding. To be honest, I wish I had a good answer for that question, but I I just don't. It's something about the sport, something about the progression, something about the headspace. It's something about all of it. It kind of just all culminates to whatever weird stuff I got going on with my personality, and it just makes me want to stick around. You, d- I, I love that thought process because so many people must understand, and mm-hmm. if they can't understand, it drives them bananas. And because they yeah. don't understand, they can't accomplish. Mm-hmm. You accept you don't understand and enjoy the journey of finding out. Totally, and it does bother me to a little bit that I don't understand, but you know I can realize that, accept it, and not ruin the fun. You know, use it to drive you and motivate you. Yeah, like, hey man, sure. I, I, I'll get through this. Yeah, I wish so many of our friends could see that perspective that it, it's not knowing the unknown, the, the, the misunderstood. Just mm-hmm. you, You'll get there. Yeah, for sure. So what got you from climbing into skydiving? Um, I guess I was always interested in skydiving because I'm interested in a lot of action sports, extreme sports, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. And skydiving was always a box that I wanted to check, so to speak. I didn't know I was going to get into it as much as I am now. But... um. I don't know. I guess uh, just decided one day to check it out and just kind of go from there. Did, did you have friends or anything like that's no. one thing we always yeah. ask tandem students on their you know on their first interview is hey what what brought you out? what's the big occasion so yeah. what what actually made you go to a drop zone so I didn't really know of any friends that did it um, I guess how it really happened was I was kind of in between places um, just traveling around. Didn't really have much of a plan, just kind of had like a loose plan. And I ended up in Houston because I was with a girl who was from Houston. We started doing some research and like, oh, sweet. There's this drop zone where you can get your skydiving license in a week. I'm like, that sounds like right up my alley. Let's just go do this. So I just, I was already in Houston. I bought the thing and did the tandems and stayed in a tent for a week. And I was like, all right, sweet, skydiving. So, so uh, maybe it's not too early to mention the fact that you live in the van. I do. Which yeah. is awesome. I do. A man after my own heart. Yeah. Van crew. Van crew. Van life. Uh, were, were you living in the van at this point? Uh, no. So I was living in a van, but it wasn't my van. I was kind of like squatting in my then girlfriend's van. She was nice enough to let me stay in there. What a sweetheart. But when I was doing the anal week, she didn't let me. She didn't stay on the drops in the whole week. She wasn't doing it too. She was just like doing a couple of skydives here and there. So she pretty much like kicked me out of the van and I like set up a tent behind hangar two and just survived for a week week plus probably like eight days so it took you eight days to, do, to get those 25 jumps in uh yes we had i think it was like two or three weather days so like jumping days it was probably like four maybe 
five. I can't remember exactly the number, but it was somewhere around there. So did you do any jumps after you had hit that 25 <laughs> jump number? No, I didn't. I was flat broke. I spent all my money on jumping and couldn't afford another fun jump. And it was time to go to Utah after that because that was before I had been. We went Houston and then Utah right after. So I kind of rocked up to the drop zone in Moab, which if you're familiar with it, it's like a little smaller and it's like high desert conditions. So it's like definitely... Do you know what the field elevation is there? Man, uh, I, I can, I can somewhere around four know. grand, somewhere around there. Like, don't quote but, me, but, but it's definitely high. not sea level. Yeah, not sea <laughs> level at all. Nothing like Houston. So rocking up there, like with 25 jumps and like, I felt like I had a pretty solid foundation of knowledge just because of how good Spaceland does things. And I had some pretty solid instruction as well. Google calls it at 4,026 feet. Oh, so I was You're close. You're on it. Yeah. Dude, 26 feet off. You're 26 on it right feet there. off. <clears throat> So you had a pretty good foundation basis. Absolutely. I feel very fortunate to have learned at Spaceland. And when you, uh, I think we were traveling where you went to. You went to uh, Moab. Mm -hmm. And what did you do there? What What's your next step in the sport? Um, for skydiving specifically, it was pretty much just staying current. Um, I didn't really run the numbers when I was thinking about my jumping career, so to speak. I didn't realize how expensive it was going to be mm -hmm. in relation to all these other hobbies I was trying to balance. So it kind of got put on the back burner for a while, um, but it never really left my mind. So the entire time I was in Utah, I was focused on climbing and I wanted to get into like more slack lining and stuff, but skydiving was always in the back of my mind. And I think that seed got planted and it finally like became a big thing right before I came down here. And I was like, man, it's really time to like get back into this whole jumping thing. I'm going to head back to Houston. So how, how much time went by between your 25th jump here at Spaceland to, to the next jump that you did in Moab? Um... It actually wasn't that long. It was probably only maybe a month tops because we pretty much went straight from here to there. And that was like the big thing I wanted to check out. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go check out the drop zone. And then we got there and it was just total, like total culture shock compared to Spaceland. So I was just like a little, I don't know, not freaked out, but just it was a culture shock. You know, it took me a minute to like get warmed up, get to know the people, get to know the new rule, not new rules, but like different way of doing <laughs> the, things. You mean the no rules? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so culture shock was it was there anything specific that stood out as like hey this part is really different um for me the, the one big thing that i noticed was the rental gear which like not talking shit about different drop zones and rental gear but we are very spoiled at spaceland we have all these javelins they're all color-coded all have tags on them everybody knows exactly what may and what reserve like we know everything about that rig and me like rocking up 25 jumps i need rental gear i'm kind of asking around and it felt like I had to do like some investigating to really find out what's the rig I'm supposed to jump because it's somewhere in one of these hangars or, you know, <laughs> like it's just it's not as organized as it was in Spaceland. So that was that was kind of freaky for me. But, you know, get over it. How was the uh, I mean, I love it here. Mm -hmm. It's not the most beautiful view that I've had out of all the places that I've jumped. Mm -hmm. How was it to be somewhere that was so different landscape wise? It was pretty cool. Um it was it was different for sure, but it might not be exactly what you're expecting when you think about Moab. A lot of people will think about canyons and mountains and stuff, and there is that stuff, just not necessarily right around the drop zone. So it's still like kind of flat, and it just looks like a bunch of dirt from where you are. And there's like mountains in the distance and stuff, but it's, you're not like swooping canyons every time you go jump, you know? 
I've I've still I've never jumped there, I've, but I've I've spent a little bit of time in Moab. So yeah, I know that crazy. And I I lived in Southern Utah, a little bit further uh, west than where where Moab is. Mm-hmm. But it's that same crazy red rock. Yeah. It feels like you're on another another planet. It, it's cool, and it really is the Wild West. That I really enjoyed it out there. So what would you say for someone who maybe someone else who learned in Spaceland who's venturing away to see another drop zone for the first time? It may not have the same standards. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what would you tell those people to to stay safe? Honestly, stick to the foundation that you were taught as long as you know you have a good foundation. And also just don't be afraid to ask questions. I noticed, especially being on a new drop zone like Moab, really once I started to get to know people, I was a lot more comfortable. It was more like getting the information was also like it went hand in hand with making friends. Like, hey, just hang around and ask questions. Don't be afraid to, you know, make some friends. Don't be shy. Also, don't pretend to know everything about skydiving. That too, and just don't be an <laughs> asshole in general, and you should do all right. So, and then how how much climbing are you doing at this at this point? Um, outdoor none, just because of Texas. There's a little bit of outdoor no, climbing I mean, in Texas. When you when you got to, to oh Moab. there, yeah, um, yeah, I guess I never really kept track of it, but I was trying to climb like on off days, which was pretty frequently, I guess. Let's say like four or five times a week, just okay. to throw a number on it. Did, did you end up working for Skydive Web at all? No, I didn't. I worked at a restaurant in town oh, okay, instead because cool. that's like the money was a little better, I think. It's like a tourist town. So that's where a lot of people get jobs in like restaurants or whatever just to get by, you know. So when did you start? Uh, when did you think that packing might be a good like uh, work or move for, for work in the sport? Um, I think it was. Right around the time I ran out of money at Spaceland in 2018 <laughs> when, I, when I got here. Because I initially came here with a 100 jump block. Okay. Because I saved up enough. I knew that's what you guys did. I also knew about the package, but I was like, dude, there's no way I'm going to be able to afford that this year, next year, whenever, probably. So I bought those 100 jumps. And to me, with, I think I had like 49 jumps when I got here again a full year later. 100 jumps sounds like a million to someone with that little jumps. And I just remember thinking, like, I'm going to go down to Spaceland. I have a rig now because I just recently bought one. I was like, man, I'm going to learn all this stuff. I'm going to be a shredder, and then I can go do other cool shit. <laughs> and then I got to the end of the 100 jump block. And I was like, oh, my God. I don't know. I feel like I know less than I know when I got here just because, you know, the more you learn, the more you know. Yeah. You don't know anything. I think what John F. Kennedy said, uh, the more our knowledge increases, the, the, the greater our ignorance unfolds. Yeah, exactly. Love, love that one. Yeah, so I was definitely feeling that. So I didn't leave at the end of that whole 100 jump block and just started dipping into savings, which wasn't very wise, but I did. And then uh, when the savings got a little low, it was time to start looking for a job. And some people were like, hey, try to get a job on the drop zone, maybe packing or whatever. And at that point, I had learned how to pack my own rig. And I was like, oh, this isn't that bad. I don't really hate packing. It might be a pretty good gig. And Ivy was nice enough to hook me up with a job and keep me off the streets. How many parachutes have you packed so far, if you had to guess? Oof. I don't know. I try not to think about it, honestly. <laughs> Thousands, for sure, but I just don't know. But maybe like like four or 5,000? I don't know. Around there. I less than 10,000. Less than 10. You think it's less than 10? I think so, okay. yeah. How, mo- how long have you packed full-time? E, I started like August 2018 up until the beginning of this year. So over a year and a half, whatever the math works out to. Oh, man, I don't know. I think you might be might have more than you think. Maybe. That's true. I don't know. I guess I'll have to run the numbers one of these days. 
I think you I think you might be closer than Nick thinks. I don't know, but I know we've sat on the packing mat and talked shit about numbers. Just I've I've asked Ivy and other people what numbers do you legitimately think you have and we kind of broke yep. down math. Nick, are you doing math over there? I was about to open a tab to start doing some math, and I was like, what am I going to do? There's a calculator button on that little keyboard, and how many uh, parachutes you pack on a given Saturday on a busy day? On a busy day, especially in the summertime? Yeah. To be safe, let's say in between, let's say 40. Let's just say 40. So 40, 70 uh, on a Saturday, Sunday combined. Yeah. I think the most I've ever done in one day was like 80-something. So that's like the very high end of the spectrum. 80 pack jobs in a day yeah it was Dude, that, that is insane that makes my hands ache just yeah, thinking about it yeah i still uh i still feel the pain a little bit it was like was that the boogie it was the come and take it boogie in yeah. san marcos yeah i was like i was one of the only people wearing the staff shirt for spaceland like the spaceland staff shirt mm-hmm. i think that's one of the reasons a lot of people flocked to me because they're like oh there's the packer yeah, he so works here. yeah exactly <laughs> but it was good i mean i'm I was hurting for sure, but it was nice. It was a good weekend. And your van was stuck. Yeah, and my van got stuck in the parking <laughs> lot. That was like the icing on the cake, man. Like, I just got my ass kicked. Like, didn't even... Like, I had a great time at the boogie, but it's not like I was at the boogie to party like everybody else was. So, I, like, went to bed kind of early. Woke up next morning. I'm like, all right, sweet. Let's go back to Houston and, like, get my, get my shit together. And it's just stuck in this, like, field of mud. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm, like, stranded. And it's not just my car, you know? Like, that's my whole house. That's all my stuff. It's like, I guess I'll pack a bag and, like, go somewhere else for a little bit. You're like a crab. You just crawl out of your shell for a little while, crawl back in it. You're good to go. Um, How long passed between you going back to Utah, to Moab, and coming back to Spaceland? Um, It was pretty much a full year. It was, I'd left here, like, at the end of the first week of June of 2017. And then without planning it, I was back here first week of June of 2018. Okay. I didn't realize so much time had passed. You, I remember yeah. you standing out when you came back. Uh, you yeah. stood out when you left. Uh, a lot of people, I hate to say it, when they get an A license, we don't always know who everybody is. There's a lot of people. Yeah, there's a lot of faces for yeah. sure. For whatever reason, you stood out. And, and mm. I just thought it was a lot shorter time. Don't know why. Yeah, I kind of did too, honestly. I was surprised when it's I like, looked at the calendar. It could be the mustache. Even though you didn't have it then. Yeah, but it, I'm gonna was, say it, was, it was in there somewhere. The sprouts of that mustache. Yeah. Well, if I leave again, I don't plan on it anytime soon, but if I do, I'll trim some and give some to you. God, I'm going to make a voodoo doll and bring Ooh. you back with it. That's cool as long as, I don't know, just don't hurt me or something. Make make me do cool shit. Is that yeah, it'll be doll? mostly sex related and then maybe okay, some skydiving fine. stuff. Perfect. Every now and, and then you'll jump up in a restaurant and break dance, but, you know, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Nothing too crazy. <laughs> Perfect. Sounds like a deal. Uh, uh, you you came back to Spaceland. You did the hundred jump package. Mm-hmm. Said screw it. I need to pack. I need to make money. How much had you packed before you started working as a packer? Uh, pretty much only for myself. Um, so at that point, it was I don't know, like relatively close to one hundred and fifty pack jobs. Let's say okay. So very inexperienced compared to like a professional packer. But you are still not very experienced. Uh, well, not just not very experienced, but you've also seen other people learn to pack who've had less experience than that. Mm-hmm. A yeah. lot, a lot of new jumpers are afraid to get a job packing because I don't know how to pack. Definitely. So, what was your experience like with that? With um, like being a new packer and being like a little bit new to packing. Yeah, because I mean, at this point, you still don't have the confidence. You definitely don't have the speed. Yeah, most definitely. That was that was a big thing that I focused on was the speed. Um, it was a little bit intimidating at first packing for someone else because there's always that mentality of, well, if I pack for myself and I give myself a terrible opening, 
I don't have anyone to blame. That's my fault. I'm willing to accept that. But I don't want to pack some terrible opening for a student. It's their first jump, the first solo, first hand, whatever it is. Like, I don't want to add to that, you know. Like, I don't want to ruin their good time. But eventually, uh, you see your parachute's opening and no one's really complaining. So you kind of realize, like, oh, I guess I can do this. And I haven't lost my job yet, so I must be doing something right. And then the speed just comes with time. It's just practice. I remember thinking, like, oh, man, I'm never going to get faster than, like, a 15-minute pack job. It's just not physically possible. And then one day, you're just like, oh, I guess I'm doing it. What, how fast, a regular sport rig, how long would it take you to pack when you started as a packer? When I started, I was just under the 15-minute mark. That was kind of, like, the maximum time I was told. It's was like, hey, get your pack jobs. Like, no slower, faster, whatever than 15 minutes. Okay. I was, like, 14 minutes, let's say. And you had to work to get there? Did you, like, yeah. actually practice to get there? Yeah, so when I knew that I wanted to be a packer, yeah. I would start timing myself on my own like fun jump pack jobs. And how know? long would those take? When when I started there at like 16 or 17 minutes and I was like, shit. Okay, they weren't that far off. Yeah, they weren't that far off, but I was also like, I thought I was just pushing it. Like, I thought I was doing so well, I'm going so fast, and then I like look at my phone at the end of it. And, oh, shit. God, I'm going to break the 10 minute mark suck. right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and how, how long would it take you for that same pack job today? Um, now it kind of depends on, on the situation. You got to get it done. If I've got to get it done, maybe like five ish minutes, maybe four. I, yeah, I don't know. I believe you can get it done sub five if you had to get it done. I, I feel like I could, I wouldn't enjoy it. And you sort of black out. You <laughs> not really think about anything anymore. You're just going real fast. Yeah. Ivy can do like two minutes. She's going to hate me for saying that, but she can. She's I, think done we, it. I think we got to that conversation when she was here. Yeah. Man, she's yeah. nimble. Her little hands. She's fast. When you don't have to pick your hands up to move them into the next flake. Yeah. Her arms are so short. She just kind of just leaves them in there. Yeah. And she's <laughs> been packing for like ever since she was a kid. So that's like not all she knows, but she's been packing she's, for a long she's time. She's got those skills. She does. Yeah. She's got the skills and she's small like an Asian. Folding <laughs> laundry. It's a lifestyle. Yeah, hey, I guess so. so. Um, hey, just just real quick, can I ask who is uh, Pookie? <laughs> Thank you. That was like a weird alter ego I went by. Not alter ego. But yes. Like people, no, please leave it at alter ego right, and elaborate alter ego, on that. Fine. No, I, I forget what happened or how it happened, but it was just something. So like alcohol was involved? Probably, but. <laughs> People just started calling me Pookie and it just stuck. And I think I like changed my Instagram name to Pookie for a while and like same with Twitter and stuff. Well, and I've never heard anyone call you Pookie. So maybe you kind of escaped that nickname. I did. And until now, apparently we're, we're bringing it back. We're, that's fine. You can actually. blame it I'm on. Not, uh, let's see. You're the friend. People commenting. Jarrett. Uh, Jarrett. Subkobiak. Yeah. I wasn't going to mess up his last name, but you nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. He's like one of my very good friends from back home. Well, Pookie it is. All right, continue, All right, Pookie. Pookie. Are you and Justin arguing? Uh, we're hashtagging each other, yeah. As the same person? Uh, no, he replied under his name. Okay. I just saw a little argument going between. Not argument, but. Yeah, that's cool. Don't yeah, worry about back it. Back and forth. I won't worry about it anymore. He's a ginger. He's one of you. One so of us. What was it like? <laughs> a lot of us. <laughs> so for most people, it's really a huge shift when they start packing for a job because they've been they've usually had a more established life. Most people who yeah. go straight into packing, you've already kind of lived this, the lifestyle of a skydiver, just a different sport. Definitely. Yeah, I felt very fortunate getting here. It kind of felt like a paradise. It was easier than living in like a tent or a van in the desert where you have to like bring all your water with you and there's like no bathrooms around. It's like, man, I got a bunkhouse here that I can like shower for free. and do all this. Like this is a paradise. Yeah. <laughs> Gangster's paradise. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it, it kind of like 
fit, like you said, it fit the lifestyle that I was kind of already living and I just didn't have to change very much. You you got to upgrade to a cardboard man in your van? Yeah, exactly. well, he's been with me for a while, actually. I think I had the Dos Equis man like before I started moving around. So well, I don't know about the Dos Equis man. <laughs> yeah, so if you open the side doors to my van, one of the very first thing you see is a life-size cutout of the Dos Equis man. Is he like he's a folded, security folded guard of sorts? Yeah, he's part of the low-tech security system that okay. I have. The other part is me sleeping naked because it's like, well, if you break yeah. into my van and you see me Dude, naked, get, I kind of pop up. I'm like, ah, chased is it really worth it? And no, nah, like, just get out of here. Getting chased by a naked guy who's trying to touch you with his wiener, I would run. Yeah, exactly. I, that would fuck up my whole plan. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we've got uh, g- naked ginger chasing you and the d- Dosakis guy. And the Dosakis guy. So I why, had why? an inflatable flamingo for a long time, too, but I think it was something with the heat in the van, like it just popped one day. So, so why, why do you have the Dos Equis, man? Um, my parents got it for me for Christmas like a couple of years ago. We were like, we were somewhere. I forget where we were, but we were like going to dinner. And we passed a shop with a life-size Dos Equis, man, cardboard cutout. And I lost my fucking mind. I'm like, that's the <laughs> coolest shit I've ever seen. Like, I need one of those in my life right now. But then I forgot about it. And then like a year later, they got it for me for Christmas. And it's probably one of the best gifts ever, I've ever received. So I, I made a point. I'm like, well, I'm leaving Michigan, but I'm taking this guy with me. Like, I'm never going to be alone. He's going to be with me. He, he's with you. He's he's he is. He's watching over. I pulled into the uh, I pulled into work one morning, and Alex was in his van, and I was sitting there waiting to waiting for the doors to open or something. I get out and I look over, and Alex is sitting in his van talking to somebody. So I just go to turn to walk away, and as I do, he opens the door. And I look back, and it's those case man, those case man. And then it's having like, a good conversation. <laughs> yeah, it, it really looks like two people are in what, there. What do you guys talk about? <clears throat> man, we talk about all kinds of stuff. Oh, but man, I don't really think we are, can get into it here. You are definitely not the only person to have a Dosecki's cardboard cutout. Yeah, they I'm definitely they exist. Not. It's a thing. I haven't <laughs> seen too many of them, like in the wild, so to speak. <laughs> I've only seen the one in my own, which doesn't really count, I guess. A lot of people, no one, I don't see any others in a in a van so far. Hey, look, him playing a guitar. That's great. Oh, wow. I've seen him. Of course, Danny DeVito is at the DC. Yeah, Dude, that's honestly, a good one. Honestly, I see that's... that Danny DeVito cut out, and it freaks me out. I think there's a tiny person who was broken into the hangar and got there before I do. Every every mm-hmm. morning, I have the <clears> same thought. Yeah, it would freak me out, too. I, I would imagine, Nick, you would it wouldn't bother you. So for, first of all, those who don't know, the rigging loft of Spaceland has a Danny DeVito cutout in one of the doors. So if you see it, it looks like somebody's standing in a doorway looking out over the hangar. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go you take people to class often enough, I figure you would look across and see that cutout. See, I, I see him in the middle of the day over there, and it, that doesn't shock me because it makes sense that there are other people out and about in the hangar. But it's just when I get there in the morning and I turn the light on and I see... The Danny DeVito thing standing there in the door and it feels like it's staring down at me. That's what freaks me out. I'm like, yeah, ah, someone's here. No, no. It's, and it's same, Danny DeVito. Same cutout that scared me yesterday. It's such like a small, menacing figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it's weird. Like, I'm not bigger than very many people, That's but true. I'm bigger than mm-hmm. him. I should be able to fuck that guy up. Yeah. But I don't know, man. I don't still, think I would fuck with Danny DeVito. Yeah. It kind of freaks me out. Especially him as the penguin. Yeah. Seemed like he would definitely do some very dirty things in a fight. Oh, absolutely. He doesn't care. Bust your kneecaps. Yeah, we're busting. I mean, stuff. yeah, right there. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about Shaquille O'Neal scaring the shit out of me? A cutout. <laughs> no. For a second, I thought you meant like the Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> no, 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 no. A cutout. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> I was dating some girl in Kentucky. I was working in in, in Indiana. It was like an hour and a half drive. Mm-hmm. I wanted to wake up that morning at the DZ, so hung out with her for the night. And instead of uh, 
waking up there, I, I drove to the DZ. So I pull into the DZ like 2, 2.30 in the morning. I'm literally sleeping in the video room at the drop zone. I would pull out a wrestling mat at night and nice. lay my bedding and stuff on top of it. I would fold yeah. it up, put it away. I lived in that. That was my that was my house. The, I feel that the video yeah. room, yeah. Uh, and so I, the hangers basically not basically the hangers kept unlocked, and only a few doors are locked, including the video room. And as I'm trying to unlock the door to the video room, you ever get this feeling like this huge dude is standing over your shoulder? I did yeah, for sure. And I just kind of look over my shoulder, and there is a big du- dude as big as Shaquille O'Neal standing over my shoulder. I take a very quick step back, flick on the light, like ready to fight, run. I have no clue what's about to happen. And it's a cardboard cutout Shaquille O'Neal. My There's, boss stole from Radio Shack. Nice. Yeah, I, dude, I shit Man, my pants. They can mess with people for a while. <laughs> like when I was living in Breck, we had like an apartment with like four people in it. And I told him right from the get-go, like, I wasn't really trying to fuck with him or anything, but I'm like, hey, this guy exists, and I'm going to put him in the corner of our room. And they were, it was, he was still scaring people, like, a month into us living together. I'm like, sorry, man, but yeah, he's there. Like, you, you walk in, turn on the lights, like, ah, just like he's mad. He's right there in the corner. I now have a desire to, like, get something like that in my house, so when guests come around, it just frightens them. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to put time. more cardboard cutouts in my life. They are, man, they add a lot of value. It's <laughs> it weird. It seems to. Yeah. That and flamingos. I've always wanted to get like a ton of lawn flamingos and put them somewhere. I was going to like decorate the drop zone last summer. Dude, stick a bunch of them in the pond. Ooh. Yeah. We'll actually <laughs> do that this summer. Let's do it. I wanted to put one in like the showers in the bunkhouse. Maybe I shouldn't say all this stuff. I should just do it. Yeah, do it. All right. I mean, it'll Forget still it'll still scare him. Yeah. Danny DeVito's still going to scare me tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's because he's taller than you. Truth. Yeah. Is he? You're taller than him. I think I in real like, life I'm taller than him. I feel him. like yeah. you are taller. Yeah, and he's old, are. so he's probably shrinking. He's old and round. And he's got to be like 4'11". Yeah. Somewhere around there. Let's, this internet machine's going to tell me. I want to say 4'11". That's my guess. So what, what do you think, DJ? What's your guess? 5'2". We've got 4'10", son. Ooh, Ooh, dude, my tiny little girlfriend is taller than Danny DeVito. That's insane. Damn. Dang. Yeah, that is. That's crazy. So you pack all of last year. Yes. Last year, or this year, we're going to fast forward a little bit, Mm -hmm. you're doing the unlimited jump package. I am. When did you realize that was going to be a goal? Um, A couple of months into 2018, when I had depleted the 100 jumps um, and decided I still wanted to stick around. Um, Throughout that whole process, I made pretty good friends with some people on the package in 2018, and I kind of like envied their lifestyle. I'm like, man, that's great. Like who? Joey. Was close. Me and Joey were pretty close. Me was that the year that Glenno was on it too? No, I think he was on in 2017. Glenno was a year before. Oh, that was Angus. Was, uh, Henry Guyver. Henry Guyver. Yeah, yeah. Henry. Joey Casey though. Brooke was on it as well. She was on 2018 and 2019. So yeah, I just started getting close yeah. with all these people, and I'm like, man, your lives are so much cooler than mine. Like, how am I going to make this happen? And originally, the plan was to be on the package in 2019. But when I got to like the end of the year, whenever they released the package for 2019, I realized that I could either eat or do the package. And I kind of wanted to eat and do the package. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll just continue working full time all of 2020, be super disciplined financially and all that stuff and like be, be living good in 2020 and do the package and, you know, still be comfortable to live even though it is in a van. Down by the river. We don't even, man. 
Yeah, I guess. Uh, more like over by the pond. Over by yeah. the pond. <laughs> Actually, depends what night it is. I, I have frequently seen that van in a different place when I was driving in the morning. Sometimes. Yeah, for the most part, it's in yeah. suburbia, right by Kate's house, especially yeah. in the summertime because she's nice enough to let me run an extension cord and have a fan so I don't die of the heat in <laughs> the summer. Really nice of her. Die like yeah, a she's very kind. She has saved my ass multiple times. I owe her my life. Dude, Kate is is known as mom or mum on the DZ for most a definitely. very big reason. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. Definitely the mother hen out there. Mm-hmm. Um, man, also the innocent one of the group. When people start talking and getting crazy and God, yeah. I love making her feel so terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but just the look on her face and she turns bright red so fast. I, yeah. I can picture right now. Oh, I know exactly it's what great. And I don't about. even have to say, like, the things that I have to say to embarrass her are like, I'd like a four or five. On the scale of like what I could say, yeah, and oh, she hates it so fast. It's so satisfying. She gets so yeah, awkward absolutely. so quickly. Mm-hmm. So quickly, I agree. 100%. So my question was going to be, and you really went there already. When did you realize you were going to do it, and what kind of path and journey did you take? So you really prepared this year for this. Yeah, most definitely. And this year, what's your plan? I, I, unlimited jump package. We know that, but how? Mm-hmm. How? Where? When? Um. Yeah. So the plan for this year is to really focus on quality skydives, which, I, again, I wish I had a better answer, but I'm not necessarily sure what that means. I just know that I want to be learning the whole year and not waste any jumps. I don't want to be repeating jumps that I don't want to do, and I want to be learning as much as I can on every skydive. And I also have, like, different goals for, like, flying and stuff, but as long as the jumps are quality, I'm, I'm cool with it. I think that's a very fair statement. You kind of uh, in- insinuated it's ambiguous, but I think it's a little bit more specific than it sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, that I've also sat with you a lot and talked about this goal. So yeah. it's, it's a conversation. Some guys are looking for the absolute most jump numbers and qual- quantity for sure means something. There's no doubt yeah, that number is going to mean something. But practice doesn't make perfect. It just makes permanent. So practice it wrong a million times and it's going to be wrong a million and one. Mm-hmm. Practice yeah. it quality time and time again. Yeah, for sure. So you had this goal, this dream of getting into the jump package. Ultimately, at the end of this conversation, I'm going to ask you why and where are you going to go with it. But I want to now, we, we've kind of got your path. I'm going to go backwards and start all over on this conversation. All right, yeah. Um, you got into skydiving from climbing. How much In did, a roundabout way, yeah, I'd say. Well, with, with the climbing skills already. You had one skill set coming sure. into the other. <laughs> How much do you think that helped you? I think it's helped a ton, actually. Um, I didn't really realize it until... I don't know, somewhat early on in my skydiving career, but things like climbing or slacklining or anything you would consider an action sport where the rules kind of change and you have to play by those rules or else there's some legitimate consequences. It's like kind of dangerous. And anything that you have to be body aware, aware for, as long as you're paying attention, you can really apply those rules you learn in different sports to skydiving or the ones you learn in skydiving to other sports. Like It's all kind of interchangeable. Um, that yeah, I just, that body awareness is huge as well. It's interesting. I didn't. I wasn't thinking of something you just said, but you hit the nail on the head as well. I somebody recently, some some uh, jumpers family members were out the drops and they were just talking to me about Scott. Oh, do you know Trevor uh, Nick, the the young man who's got twenty two, twenty three tandems right now? I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I haven't really talked with his family, but I've seen him. I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm very curious. I would like to know more about his background. He obviously has some type of, uh, of mental impairment. I don't know if it's born. I think it is. I think it's grown up born, but it might be mm-hmm. from some type of, of a- accident or head injury. But real nice kid. Obviously, he is more of a skydiver than any one of us, man. 
how much he really? lives. Like, I want to skydive every day. I could do this every day. How much he lit up talking to him was super interesting. Um, the kid really has a heart for what we do and, yeah, and the way awesome. he discussed what, like, this kid was telling me things. I'm like, I really wish it was in you to go try to get your license because you really, you have a love for this. Nice. And his mom was yeah. talking about our experience as skydivers. She said, you know, it's, it's, you, you would think it's a dangerous sport, but it's interesting because it seems like skydivers are more safety conscientious and safety minded individuals. And mm-hmm. you said it. You have to play by the rules, or really bad shit happens. Yeah, absolutely. It's a certain headspace that you enter into, and I think mm-hmm. it does change with the sport. But at the end of the day, it's a similar, similar place you're going. It's like, hey, I should pay attention because this is like kind of important what I'm doing. The hardest part, I think, of skydiving is headspace. Physically, it's not yeah. nearly as hard as emotionally and mentally, right? Yeah, it's, it's n- not very physically demanding as long as you're in decent shape. I think not even decent shape. <laughs> yeah, I'm I mean, trying to be. Generous. <laughs> no, no, man. Look there at some, some of the people who are sloppy skydivers. There are. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, more power to them. I'm glad that they can enjoy the sport. A man that Twinkie. <laughs> yeah. And another Twinkie. Hank, put the Twinkies away. <laughs> I love you, Hank. Um, hey, Hank's been out twice this week riding his uh, cross country skates. Man, I saw like those. Those things are rad. Hank has been like just eking down those pounds a little bit here, a little bit there, slow and steady. Mm-hmm. And man, Slow and steady wins the right race. It's gonna. I believe in him, dude. I, he it really he talks to me regularly about focusing on weight loss. Does he have that conversation with you often, Nick? No. Has he told you how much I, you inspire him? Uh, he's mentioned it a couple of times, but okay. I, you know, I try real hard not to take credit for anything that anybody else does because it's like, I you can feel as motivated or as inspired as you want by what anyone does, but man, it's it's really only you that makes the decision to get up and, and do a thing, whatever that thing is. Mm. And it's like, I, I think that, that that is way cooler than than I think I could ever be in Hank's life, you know? I I, I think it's cool that he's doing it. Absolutely, man. Accomplishing it yourself is a huge part of it. Uh, <laughs> Did you just throw up a little bit? <laughs> Go ahead and drink that. I'll be okay. <laughs> well, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> no, man, I just had a little hiccup. I don't know what that was, but that... uh. What is this? Dude, I pulled open what I thought was a water, and it's a Zevia. And so mm. I was going to take a big swig of water. Um, this is when I first opened it, and whoo, it hits you pretty hard when you're expecting water, and it's really sweet. I can see. Yeah. I, I love those Zevias. Man. I've never had them. It tastes like shitty soda. Oh, perfect. Yep. Mm-hmm. If I'm you're into soda that doesn't taste as great as you want it to, Zevia is for you. Brought to you Man. by Zevia. Shitty soda or sparkling water, whatever it's, it's called. Yeah, it's uh, zero calorie, no sugar soda. Ah, yeah, it. it's got the, stevia in it. Mm. The uh, cola flavor, I do the the caffeine free cola, not okay. that bad. The I like how that's your selling point. Not that bad. Yeah, not that bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you pop one open yeah. and you expect that thing to taste exactly like an ice cold Coke in the summertime filled with 40 grams of sugar, yeah, you're probably going to be let down, kid. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. But if you're like, hey, okay. I'm trying not to it. drink soda and this is going to stifle that craving a little bit, that it's not terrible, yeah, you'll like Zevia. Yeah. Nice. I like the uh, lime Topo Chicos, if you've tried those. Hell those yeah, ones are dude. the shit. Yeah, the, man, Topo Chico, I'm a, like a bit of a sparkling water snob. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, I don't. I'm, you learning, had, I'm learning all kinds of things about it. Have you it. had Waterloo? No. I'm going to bring you some Waterloo, bring me my some friend. Waterloo. That's my, that's my uh, the thing that I like about Topo Chico 
that I think is unique about I think it keeps its bubbles better than any other sparkling water. Okay. So if you do open one and leave it in the fridge the yeah. next day, it's got better bubbles than, than the rest of them. Man, you've done the research. Dude, I've had so much sparkling water. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. But the Topo Chico definitely, or excuse me, the, the Waterloo, I would say has the, the best flavor. Okay. You're a lime guy? I am. What other flavors? Anything else? Man, I really haven't had that much, to be honest. It's just like the straight up the, Topo Chico, the normal stuff, and the uh, lime. Okay. They have grapefruit too, right? I've heard of that. They have like mm-hmm. gra- yeah, they grapefruit. have grapefruit. But man, sounds, the grapefruit good. Waterloo was pretty Ooh. good. Oh. Man, I'm down to try it. What about sure. coconut? You a coconut guy? Oh, I love coconut. I think we got coconut, coconut water is rad. Coconut and grapefruit in the fridge at home right now. Ooh. So you know whose fridge those are going to be in tomorrow? Well, I mean, I don't have a fridge. I have a cooler, but I see what you mean. <laughs> They're going to be in the fridge that you like the most at the drop zone. Perfect. In that fridge. Cool. Sounds good. Thanks. Hey, did you guys hear it's supposed to be crazy weather tomorrow? Um, yes. What day is it tomorrow? Yes. Friday? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know there. days other than today or tomorrow. Me neither. I, yeah. Uh, I heard some, I someone think saying it's like supposed to be bad. 60 mile an hour winds. I don't know if that shit's Ooh. true. Uh, yeah, Valerie got uh, gets weather alerts because she works Damn, for the city for the crap she does. And they her alert said 75, I think. 70, 75 mile an hour wind. What? Alert. Yeah. Oh so, my god! I mean, that's like that's a lot of wind. God, you can do a lot with that. But she gets these alerts all the time, and I think it's like we're gonna see winds a lot less than that, and uh, there might be a spot that gets hit with that huge it. gust. Mm-hmm. Because I, we regularly see super crazy alerts for her work. Man, her phone's always just like, "Oh, you're gonna die in like two days." And yeah, it just keeps going. Yeah, it's uh, the city. I, I whatever she does for government. Uh, I, I see. They have all sorts of alerts and stuff, so yeah. it's pretty cool. I know when the city's going to burn down. Perfect. Yeah, I Get also some preparation when, time when we uh, flooded for uh, Harvey was that the Harvey? Uh, yeah. uh, her boss actually called her a couple times a day and said, "Do we need to come pick you up?" Because they had a big armored like Humvee eight wheel vehicle. Nice. They were going to come pick us up and get us out of here. Dude, it's fun. I felt like a baller, man. I was like, "Oh my god!" But yeah, it's sure. his job. He's at the emergency center, and her job. It's right next to him, so nice. She's. I was essential. Yeah. En- she was essential enough to get me a cot in an emergency. Yeah, center. you're just tagging along. That's awesome. <laughs> I'll be arm candy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she her old job in in uh, the other city. She uh, used to have to go to a lot of different dinners and things. And she'd tell me, "I need arm candy." That was her line of, "I have to go to dinner with her. I need arm candy." I'm like, "All right, I'm your arm candy." Cool. President accounted for. Let's do this. Dude, I go to fucking dinners with a bunch of people and tell them skydiving stories that's that was my job that's great yeah, yeah. especially to people who like don't jump those stories seem like pretty fascinating so you don't even have to be that creative you yeah. just like tell the same stories you tell everybody and they're like oh yeah. so cool yeah in general i don't like to you tell fly them. one of them wing suits by, by them cliffs one you, of them wing suits you jump with those people attached to you why would you jump out a perfectly good airplane <laughs> Have, are you at the point where you correct people when they call them the wrong names, or do you kind of embrace no. the wrong name? Uh, what do you mean by the wrong name? Squirrel suit. Oh, no. To be honest, I try to avoid those conversations as much as possible. When I was like the first year of skydiving, when I was like really stoked about it, I wanted to talk to anyone I could find. Like, hey, like grabbing people by the shoulders, like, listen to this cool thing I like to do. <laughs> I and found now, Jesus. He's in a wingsuit. Yeah, exactly. But now, that, like living on a drop zone all the time and being surrounded by it, I love it. But when I'm off the drop zone, I don't necessarily want to talk about it all the time. So you can't get my house to talk about it. Yeah, I was just going to say, don't get me wrong. I'm having a great time. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like you no, answer some I don't of the same questions. Yeah. yeah. It just, it, like if you want to ask, sweet. I'm down to give information. I love giving out that information. But I'm not the story guy. Like I don't want to just be telling 
yeah. a bunch of non skydiving skydiving stories. Every now and then I'll meet a group of people who will find out. I try to avoid letting them know I'm a jumper, and when they find out, I'll answer some questions. I'll be generous, or I'm not generous, I'll be uh, uh, general mm-hmm. and, uh, about my answer so I don't get too specific. They don't need to know the details. Like you said, a boring story to us is exciting to them. For sure, yeah. Um, but I... Man, I love it when somebody finds out I jump and they have all these I jump stories and have more experience than I do. Yeah. Like, they don't know how much experience I have yet, but in their own mind, they've done it enough that they can tell me some stuff. And For I, sure. yeah. I let it roll. I, I ask them questions. I don't tell them how wrong they are. I just, <laughs> just like, like... Mental notes the whole time. Dude, I, it's a comedy. Like, yeah. it, it's turned it into a game. Next time you get stuck in that conversation, enjoy the show. I like that. Yeah. I'll adopt that mentality. I like it. Yeah. You no longer get frustrated. Like, now I no longer feel like I'm trapped in a skydiving conversation. I feel like I've trapped this person in a skydiving conversation. They're trapped and they don't know it. And they're going to end it as soon as they can because they're running out of lies. Yeah. How long will they lie? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sweet. It is really... What are you doing over there, Nick? Don't I'm, worry about I'm talking shit to people in the comments. It's super entertaining to me. <laughs> I don't. I don't usually do it, but I do. No, I love it. Man. Is it getting pretty heated? <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. I left the camera. No, I'm just talking shit to nobody. So you oh, don't okay. need to know who it is. Perfect. Yeah, it's. Uh, no, it's, don't you even dare say who it is. I'm not because I can't see. Okay, it. perfect. For a while, we uh, <laughs> did not interact. Is this something I should know about what's going on no, in those no, comments. I no, do. I really have no clue. They like sharing photos of me and shit. No, nothing. Like, I actually. I shouldn't even say this. I'm I, just giving out ideas. I went now. through some some of your old photos. Oh God, I I knew I should have. Might I say they are priceless? Let's just. Let's let's just hey you brought it up I wasn't gonna Uh, (laughs) let's just pull up this all right we're doing it let's go this little gem from twenty I don't even know if that's you this one honestly is that you no that's not me okay good I didn't I didn't didn't think that was you but let's go (laughs) to this what you guys fucking suck you're the worst dude you brought this shit up I don't know who this handsome little gentleman is how old are you Alex. I think that was like, I don't know, maybe freshman year of high school. No, how old are you right now? I'm just trying to... Right now, I'm 24. Just Okay, so that was you at 14, that picture from 2010. 2011, 15-year-old Alex. God, I knew I should have like purged my Facebook before I came on here. You just shouldn't have brought it up because I wasn't going to. True. But that picture on the right almost made the... Look at that buff. Is this on the screen right now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The world is seeing all of this. Good. Yeah, yeah. Looking good. Drink it in. I mean, you you're complaining, but you're the one who volunteered the coconut head. That's true. I figured I figured you'd really enjoy that one. Yeah, I had. uh, I think I told you I hadn't got to your Instagram yet. So yeah, (laughs) just no. Nick (laughs) is enjoying himself. I can't call you the right name. It's all right. It's cool. So we look basically the same, Justin and I. (laughs) You do, man. You're the same height. Um, (laughs) How tall is Justin? Are you guys the same height? He's tall. He he might have an inch or two on me. I I feel like he's a little taller. Yeah. yeah. You um, dude. The Deland Air Show. Sorry, I just got slowly sidetracked. I thought of Justin. No you you know we've been talking about this. Yeah, for sure. I've heard of it. Airline tickets are booked. Airbnb's booked. Nice. So we're stuck. We actually have guests sliding already. We have people already taking time uh, time slots. So yeah. once I get my three primaries booked, we're going to start booking the others. To, you know, fill the slots with uh, other friends. Yeah. So. Dude, uh, it's climbing. Climbing <laughs> helps you in skydiving. Uh, the thing yeah, that we sure. we mentioned there is is the Ability to emotionally and mentally be balanced, to, to be Definitely. comfortable. Yeah. Um, how did how has is that something always been in your life, or is that something that you learned through these other sports? No, yeah, it's something that I've learned almost indirectly. I didn't really know it was happening early on. Mm-hmm. It, just, it was just kind of a thing that was happening. Um, it wasn't until I got a little older that I realized some of the lessons that I was learning and how they were 
helping me mentally to do these things and how to stay confident and calm when you need to be and you know just mentally doing all the things you have to do in order to be successful in sports like these can you explain to me how some of this process happened how this um, awareness group curve grew yeah i think really it's, it's relatively simple or at least it felt like it it's really just paying attention to what i'm feeling and why and if i like it run with it and if not try to change it um just trying to keep a good positive mentality and like paying attention to how i responded to a certain situation and why and if it's negative try to benefit and if it's not then you know it's all good both times you said it you said how and why how important is one over the other is because really people commonly say i feel this way they know how they feel rarely do people understand why they don't ask that question Mm -hmm. how important do you think that question is i think if you can understand why you're feeling a certain way then it can be beneficial but if you don't you don't necessarily have to understand as long as you can acknowledge you know your your mentality towards a certain thing as long as you know what's going on and you're paying attention and keeping track then i think you can still progress but it doesn't it does help me a lot to like know why i'm feeling a certain way or like why i'm doing something a certain way have you ever uh have you ever heard of a book read a book heard me talk about a guy named simon sinek start with why I don't think so, no. I think you uh, would enjoy it. Yeah? I think, cool. I think I'll, I'll send you a reminder or something, man. It is, yeah, for sure. It's not really uh, meant for the application that we're talking about, mm-hmm. the, surf- the, the, the self-awareness why, um, but, man, it, it, it does apply nonetheless. It's just cool. an indirect application. And yeah. it, I don't think enough people talk about why, think about why. Um, recently, I, I was teaching a course uh, with a buddy who's seen somebody else teach the same course, and that buddy was like, man, it's completely different between you and the other instructor. He did an equally good job, but he never engaged in why with the students. The students never had mm-hmm. the why conversation. Yeah. And I think we've trained together a little bit. I like to have the conversation of why. I don't like to tell you. Totally. I like to talk about it. Mm-hmm. When you have that question of why and your own emotional feelings, how much of an internal dialogue is it? Are you actually having a two-way conversation then? kind of yeah sometimes it feels like somewhat of a two-way conversation other times it just feels like taking notes and remembering things for later so i can compare and contrast and i don't know if my perspective shifts then i try to compare it to where it was to where it is now you know i think a lot of people as i said don't ask why and as we talk about this thought process i don't think it we're we're uh, it's an epiphany for anybody. I don't think anybody's coming up with this new thought process, but mm-hmm. the thing that we don't do is we don't remember these things we know when we're in those moments. So mm-hmm. what could you say or what, what advice could you give somebody to that, that helped you or helped them remember to ask why? Oh, by the way, I think I know the names I'm not supposed to say. Yeah, you better not. Yeah, I'll do. Fuck no. Because I'll lose if you do. Fuck them. No, I'm with you 100%. Names <laughs> for the air show? No, no just forget, names? forget no, about it. No, 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 no. Oh, you got no. that shit I don't know about. Cool. Leave it there. Um, Leave it there. All right. Um, um, yeah, how, what, how could you, what, rec- what advice would you give somebody to help them recognize when they need to recognize? Ooh, that's kind of tough because I, I feel like it just kind of happened. Like I said, I didn't realize it was happening at first. It just started happening. So I guess just, just pay attention, you know, pay attention to how you're, how you're feeling, how you're reacting to certain environmental things and uh i think if you care enough eventually you're going to start learning how to process everything you know make it make it work for you yeah nick rot who also makes fun of my mother for being asian um (laughs) (laughs) nick you uh i I think you're a big advocate of 
asking yourself why you feel away as well. I think I've heard. I think I've heard you talk about this a lot. Sure. I think the more that you can be honestly critical of yourself, I think that that's really beneficial. Of uh, just giving yourself the same honest feedback that you would give a stranger with no emotional attachment. Um, yeah. So for sure, being self-critical, but not like in the sense of being overly critical and tearing yourself apart, but just being analytical of, of why and what you're doing. Sure, I'd, I'd agree with that. How? What advice would you give to somebody to help them become to to, to ask themselves that question more often? Um, uh, gosh, I would say just do do your best to look at what you're doing and analyze it like you're analyzing somebody else. Because I think it's easy, especially for people who are at a, not necessarily new in skydiving, although I think it's prevalent with new skydivers, but it seems like some a lot of people go through a phase in skydiving where you think you're the fucking guy. Like, you know how to skydive. You're real good at it. And I think most people go through that phase. And um, it seems like it's a natural phase for a lot of people, but just don't get yourself stuck there because you are not the guy. There are only a few people in the whole world that are the guy, and those guys are still questioning themselves every day and getting better. You're, yep. ne- you're not. To, I mean, this statement applies to 99.99 percent of people who, are, who will ever skydive or fly in the tunnel. You're not that fucking guy. Mm-hmm. So don't ever think you're that guy. There's always someone who's gonna be better than than you in this sport. And most people who have been doing it, you know, any any substantial amount of time are gonna be far better than the people that are brand new at it. You know, every once in a while we get a freak of nature who's a natural at skydiving who we all hate because it just makes sense to them and we don't like that because most of us antonio yeah sure antonio yeah perfect example but um i think for for most people the the learning curve is um getting good at skydiving takes a lot of time and the more that you can be honest with what you need to work on and what the what skills you have and what skills you need uh, take a take an honest look at it and uh, don't ever think that you're awesome at skydiving. And really, man, it, it's there's something I like to tell a new jumper when they struggle. And then I think we forget it as an experienced jumper. But a brand new skydiver who's got five, ten jumps, they, they get really frustrated very quickly. I'm like, yo, let me give you a basketball. You've never touched one before in your life. And I want you to shoot a free throw. After ten tries, how good will you be at shooting a free throw? Not very good. Mm-hmm. Man, go and shoot a free throw a hundred times. You're gonna be better. Go shoot a free throw a thousand times. You're gonna be pretty good. Mm. Now move. You might not be as good anymore. I mean, how long does it take you really to get that good at shooting baskets? How yeah. long does it take you to get that good at skateboarding, at rock climbing, the, the skydiving? You only have how many jumps do you have now? Uh, I counted today. I think it's four seventy-four. Now you only have four hundred seventy-four jumps. Yeah, that's that's a that's a lot to a lot of people, right? Yeah, yeah, I would agree with but that. But in the and, and, and honestly, it's a lot in general. It really is. That's five hundred jumps. That is a fair mm-hmm. number. But in the grand scheme of other sports, yeah, it, it ain't nothing. I, yeah, and even just being on a drop zone like Spaceland, where I'm never the most experienced person in the room, so still like four hundred and seventy. And neither jumps am I, man. Shit. Yeah, I got eighty five hundred, and I feel the same way. I've got friends with thirty thousand plus. So. Yeah, it's cool. I, I feel yeah. fortunate to be able to surround myself with people like that. Like we're saying, I'd rather not think I was the guy like Nick was saying, on a smaller drop zone, and then you come to a drop zone like Spaceland or one of these, I don't know, like somewhere in Florida, like the land or something, you go to a drop zone where it's full of the guys, and then you realize, like, oh, I'm not shit, you know? I'd yeah. rather I'd rather grow up on a, on a drop zone like Spaceland where I'm always just this little piece of shit who doesn't know anything, because that way I just keep learning, you know? 
It's such a great place to be, man. It's a big fish in a little pond. Is actually mm-hmm. a medium fish in a big pond. Yeah, exactly. And we, we see that, man, not as often as I would think we would. With as with big as a Spaceland uh, DZ is, you know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. As big as a DZ as Spaceland is, and as n- the number of instructors and staff we see coming in, I would actually expect to see more of that shitty attitude that you described. But we really, I think, are blessed. Our community doesn't For have sure. that. Yeah, yeah. I guess I didn't think about it too much, but you're right. I haven't really seen much of that since yeah. I've been here. I mean, for sure, right, there's I, a few people. Yeah. yeah, if it's happened, maybe I just didn't pay attention. Like the guy who runs our video department, he, he thinks he's <laughs> ah, awesome. what a douchebag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a small Sparkling fish water in snob. every pond. <laughs> yeah, God, I'm so tiny. It's so depressing, dude. Topa Chico, don't drink the water in Mexico. Instead, buy it overly priced from us. Is that how that works? But there's bubbles in it. There's going to be bubbles yeah, in it either bubbles. way you drink the, it. The bubbles <laughs> keep you from getting diarrhea, I think. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's the secret to it. Um, Crap, I we totally, as always, go and... Yeah, we did a bit off the rails there. I've been getting lost. I created a new hashtag. Oh, instead, instead of jump package, it's the chump package. The chump, chump package. The chump package. Yeah. But that's only for people who have done it years before. You right now, you're oh. on the jump package. But if you're Sweet. a, a has-been... <laughs> Those are chump packages. I appreciate that. Yeah, we've got like three newcomers and three. Uh, so who's on the package this year? So it, it is Nate Shane, um, Katie Van Lowe, Josh Pettit, JD Logan, and myself. So and six Houston. six is the six. limit. Yeah. Spaceland is doing something a little bit different this year. Uh, something that they haven't done in years past is they've got a very strong limit. Six is the max. Yep. Uh, six is not only the max, but it's six per DZ. And your mm-hmm. unlimited jump package only allows you to jump for... You, yes, so it, it only applies at the drop zone you bought it at, and then I, you might get a discount at other drop zones, like 10 18, bucks. 10, yeah, whatever yeah. it is. You get 10 bucks off, uh, so 18 is what you your jump ticket price is at mm-hmm. any other Spaceland DZ. Yep. Um, as always, it doesn't apply to novelty, or excuse me, it only applies to the full value for novelty. So if it's mm-hmm. yep. a novelty jump, you get a $28 discount here. Or the continued ten dollar discount anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So yeah, basically, it's a right. yeah twenty eight dollar discount per jump here. Um, man, it, it's it's an interesting year because the the number we have is not um, not too far from the numbers we've almost always had until last year. Yeah, we've it did seem to blow up last year. That was pretty impressive. We had a yeah. lot of people. Six to eight ish is about normal, and last year I think we were close to twenty. Yeah, like 20, 25, 30 even. I don't know. There was a lot of I think there were like baggage people around. Close around. to 25 just in Houston. Yeah. I think a couple people bought the package somewhere else and came here. I think, was Hudson, did, did Hudson, he have that story? Yeah, I think he bought it in San Marcos. I think Marcos Lori originally. bought it in San Marcos. Did she? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. I think she did. Man, she's mm-hmm. organizing this weekend. Yeah, I heard about that. Organizing what? Uh, belly jumps. Oh, cool! On Sunday, awesome. Good for her, dude. We got. Did you hear her killing. exciting news? She can't share it yet. Okay, cool. I'm glad I didn't say anything because I almost just said yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. So everybody knows, dude. Well, you know, just, you know yeah. how happy that makes me. Anyways, we'll we'll move on. Fuck, I'm really glad I didn't say anything. Um, yeah, no. Uh, we we gotta let. <laughs> Did you hear that ah. Lori is gonna come and tell us some exciting news sometime in the near future? Yeah, dude. Hopefully she does. Uh, the company that uh, is in charge of that needs to release it themselves. Got it. Yeah. That's kind of what I figured. Yeah. So, but Lori's going to be doing some really exciting new things because she, uh, going and working hard on learning accuracy this year, I did a lot of coaching with her and she wants to give back. So this year, nice. her That's and I really are going to cool. join forces. She's, uh, we're going to actually do a PD accuracy bullseye 
competition, I did a mock meet here. So what it was, it was a Saturday. If, if you were signed up, you had to show me you're registered for the PD Accuracy Comp. If you mm-hmm. were, for Saturday, I would coach the whole group for free. Everybody doing hop and pops. Nice. And then Sunday, I did a mock meet, and it doesn't make it real unless there's a, co- a prize. So like I gave away an LMB something ultimately. Nice, man. That is so valuable, like, yeah. that hands-on practice. So we did that, and then another weekend of just coaching. This year, Lori and I are going to tag team. We're going to work together. We're going to do one mock meet in Houston, one in San Marcos, one in Dallas, and then one more back in Houston. Nice. So I'm not going to promise all of these happen before the PD. Now, I'm not 100% positive PD Bullseye event's coming back around, mm-hmm. but I, it appears that it is. Um, and nice. I don't know if it's going to come to Houston or not, but uh, I can't promise. Uh, and again, I have no clue at all. I've not talked to anybody. Mm-hmm. But if it's here, I can't promise our events happen before it's here, but we will promise all our events will happen before the finals. So uh, we're going to get out free coaching. Lori's going to work with me on the project. She's yeah, going to do that'll a lot be super of coaching. Cool to see. Uh, she really wants to become a canopy coach. So I would say she's going to be a really good one. She she's yeah. crushing it this year, yeah. last year, whatever. Yeah. So I, there's always we've got a lot of exciting news together. Her uh, her alone has got even more exciting news. So I just can't wait to talk with her again. Yeah. She I, Nick I think she's going to be one of those quicker repeat guests. So I like try to leave about a year between guests now. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, well, I think yeah. when someone has. Uh, Exciting news to share. We can have them on sooner. Dude, I, I think, think her, her whole future is about to warp. And she, she has yeah. so many. Uh, dude, she's organizing. She's about to do these things with me. She's got somebody. I mean, she's just changed. Her life yeah. is going in a good direction. Yeah, she's killing it. It's really good to see. Yeah. But what did what stood out about her last year as a jump package person? Like, to me? Yeah. Man, she was, like, very motivated. And, like, she had goals as well. Like Yes. Like, written set goals, which... Not talking shit about like the lot of the package last year or anything, but like some people had goals, some people didn't. And I get it, you know, when you're on the package, it's like a choose your own adventure thing. Like some people want a vacation for a year and other people like... <laughs> some people want a vacation for two years in a row. Yeah, exactly. Some people's <laughs> lives are vacations, but then you have other people who like, you know, like I want to get like kind of good at this sport and this is a very good opportunity for me to do that. So I'm going to take it seriously for the jumps at least. How many jumps do you have total now? Like 474. I okay. Believe. So, I mean, I, I, I know what kind of stuff you're working on, but for people that don't know, what, what are you working on on those jumps? Yeah, so sort of the short-term goals right now are getting more proficient at free-flying, like a lot of static stuff, really, like head up, head down. Um, eventually, I'd like to get into some like big wave VFS and like sequential type stuff. And then, like, I, I mean, I'm interested in angles, but that's more because like that's what a lot of my friends are doing, so I want to like hang on those jumps as well. But so, so like mostly VFS and like sequential type stuff. Eventually. Go ahead. I um forgot now. You <laughs> so sorry. it's January. It's January 9th. It is. How, how many jumps have you made so far? I think I'm at thirty, even thirty. Wow. Yeah. That's more than I thought you were gonna. That say. man, that was my goal for this month because I was judging it on last winter, which was just sh- yeah. shit. Yeah. And I was like, man, if I make thirty jumps in January, I'll be happy because normally, like last year, it would take me like three months to make thirty. Yeah, we've had a really good winter so far. Yeah, not fingers to jinx cr- it, yeah, especially with crossed, the seventy-five man. mile an hour wind we just talked about. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but man, it's been—I can't believe you got thirty. That's that's awesome. Yeah, I was—I'm very excited. This weekend actually looks decent. Like Friday's going to blow through. Saturday morning yeah. we might be on a hold for a little bit, but I don't think—I think by midday, at least the last forecast I saw, we'll, we'll have a decent weekend. Yeah, that's what I was hearing. I, I find where you're at to be very interesting compared to most people who've come onto the package mm. because uh, most people come on the package, or not most, but a, a large number of them have come in with a very limited experience base, really low jump numbers. 
Uh, some mm-hmm. double digits, but most of them under 200 jumps. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I also have seen a few people come in with a really decent jump number, a higher jump number. But mm-hmm. to me, that four to 500 jump range, you're at a point where you actually understand what you're doing. You're not necessarily capable of doing it. Yeah, You understand sure. how to get better. Um, you may not be good at executing it, mm-hmm. but, but yeah. you have this... I'm really curious to see where you go. I mean, a, a guy like uh, a guy who started with like 70 jumps. Like I almost did it, dude. A guy who started with like maybe 70 <laughs> jumps last year and then skyrocketed through a bunch of jump numbers. Maybe he learned, dude. He learned tremendously a lot. He really did. But man, the first 100, 200 jumps—that's a slow burn ass learning curve. Yeah, it really fucking hurts. You're past the slow burn. You're now on a rocket ship already. Totally. I feel like I'm at like the optimal time for the package. Not only that, but I've been on the drop zone for however long it's been, like a year and a half plus. So I've already got that like good working relationship. Like I know who to go to for questions. I know who to avoid and like not take their advice. Why'd you eyeball Nick? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think he knew that I would know who he was talking about. Yeah, yeah, you probably know. Don't yeah. listen to me. Yeah, unless it's for sparkling water. <laughs> God, I'm so excited to be. I don't I feel know. Like I'm, no, I'm excited to for me. Tomorrow's going to be a good water. day to be me. I'm I feel excited. like it was me now because I'm left out of this conversation. Man, I wonder. I wonder if no. that weather forecast is as bad as it sounds because you might get the sparkling water on Friday. Ooh, wait, like tomorrow Friday? Fuck, tomorrow Friday? Saturday. Saturday. Shit. Sorry. That, I mean, it's fine. You know where to find me. I'm there every day. I'm gonna knock on the door of your van. Perfect. I'll be there naked. And I'm gonna I'm be naked you. too. Perfect. Fight fire with fire. That, that's like that. That could be like the entry. Not password, but like the whatever it takes. Oh, that's how you get in. Yeah. I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. Mm -hmm. Let's see how you handle it. Dos Equis guy. Dos Equis man. Does he have a name other than the most interesting man in the world? No, he's, I mean, he's my permanent roommate, I guess. I've looked up his real name, but I don't think he has another known name outside of who he really is. Mm. Um, Or any other character he may have played. Um, Man, uh, you, you know who to ask. You know what to do. One of the conversations yep. you and I have had is it's been very interesting watching the new jumpers take advantage of the package and miss loads because they can't pack. Yeah, and like lucky enough, I uh, I've got that covered. I can I can get on loads if I need to. You can get it taken care of. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel very fortunate for that because I've I've been there for sure when I showed up on the hundred jump package, like my pack jobs were terrible and super slow. So I know what that feels like. And I've also seen it cause I've seen a lot of people come and go from the package in the past couple of years. Yeah. I just received some terrible news. Your face. Mexican beer brand Dos Equis has replaced its original most interesting yeah. man in the world. Long yeah. portrayed by actor Jonathan Goldsmith is his name. Jonathan Goldsmith. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> He's been replaced. Goldsmith recently, uh, blah, 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 blah. Replaced with not a, expecting that. Replaced with a fresh faced Frenchman, Augustine Legrand. Legrand. I need a shot of this mug. I mean, yeah. dude, the look on Nick's face when he <laughs> I was saw just that. So, I was just so disappointed. Man, I thought something terrible had happened. happened. <laughs> yeah. Oh, P.S. Uh, World War Three is on. It's happening right oh, now. Perfect. Yeah, well, I thought something like that was. Yeah, oh my too. god, this guy's hideous. Are you serious? <laughs> Can you? Sh- yeah, share yeah, with the let world let here, let man. Pull it I up. can't see this guy. Come on. I saw that guy what? 12 times at the mall. It's like Mr. Bean does the most interesting man in the world. Come on. Oh, he's all right here. He's all right like yeah, with, a, the, with a little baby. Oh, okay. That one shot, though, had to be a homeless he's, he's movie got, or he's something. He's got that schnoz that the ladies like. Yeah, but right, that I can kind of see I mean, it. he does not look like the most interesting man in the world to me. Come no. on. Neither did the Mexican grandpa until they made him look right. 
Yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah. I just have an emotional attachment to the first one, obviously. I do. There's no replacement. Dude, you're going to need to get a cardboard cut out of this guy now. My, my, my whole van's just going to be cardboard cut out soon. <laughs> hey, babe. Want to come check out my Hold on. What are yeah, the, yeah, the bed's back there. Dude, just like move all these little Danny DeVito's I, out of the way. Yeah, I think we need to get a cut out of this guy <laughs> and then start uh, pressuring Dos Equis for a sponsorship for you. Perfect. Let's do it. You know, we just need to like invest in some fat heads and just start stickering the outside of your van yeah, with man. big fat heads of I'll people. put it on a canopy. I'll put it on my face. I'll get a tattoo. I don't give a shit. Let's do this, <laughs> Dos Equis. Are you listening? <laughs> the most interesting man or the French interesting man? Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. We'll have to have a talk about that. Yeah. I, I think I could get used to the new guy, but it's going to take me a minute. I don't think you'll ever get used to it. He's, yeah, he's, he's never going to replace. He's French, though? He lives, Isn't yeah. that what I read? Yeah, yeah I that think that's what you read. said. Do you, I heard that you do a, a French impression. Is that true? Uh, I do sometimes, yeah. What's it like? Oh my god. I don't know. Um what if your name was you know, Sylvain? Do you remember Sylvain? He was on the package uh, <laughs> twenty nineteen. He does bit jump. Yeah, you need to mumble just a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you got you got him down. <laughs> I feel like it sounds so much like him. Man, I've incredible. been it was better than, did, than did that you, even. How many when hours have you spent talking to yourself in that voice in your van? Probably quite a few, man. Again, I try not to keep track, but like, hey, bored. We're man, we were surrounded by Aussies last year, and throughout the winter, it got to a certain point where it was like hard to talk as myself because I was surrounded by all these Aussies, and I was just practicing their accent all the time. It's like, man, it's weather. Like, I got to do something with my life. I guess I'll like get decent at accents. But it's kind of gotten watered down now because we've got like one Aussie left. So you don't talk like Joey Casey. That's true, but like his, he didn't, he has like a Colorado thing going on, but it wasn't that interesting. So <laughs> it's like, it's way more interesting when like some Aussie rocks up. He's like, fucking can I? It's like, yeah, I kind of want to sound like that guy. <laughs> yeah, right. Sorted. Did, did you so, go out in public with some friends and talk yeah, that way just to. I did. So I would try, like, not that often, but sometimes I would be in the mood and uh, try to convince like the servers that I was Aussie as well. And they pretty much always believed it because it's not that impressive. Like we're in Texas and like there's not a lot of Aussies running around. So if you sound a little funny to them, they're like, oh, I guess you're from Australia. But yeah, that's, that's one thing I did to keep inter- <laughs> entertained. <laughs> the stupid things we do to, to entertain ourselves. Yeah, it was fun. So you said your goals this year, uh, VFS, formation, skydiving, vertical. Yeah, especially like the big way stuff, the records they're doing. Like when they were doing that big old head up camp okay. early on last year, that was pretty interesting for me so what big ways are on the scene for this year vertically that you're interested in to be honest i'm not sure yet i really need to like get a calendar and see what's going on for this year so i don't necessarily know if i'll be able to hang on any this year but it would be nice just to like you know be on the dropsman for it and like see if i can help out or just like you know be there to see it yeah just learn something one of the things that we've heard a lot of jump package uh, chumps say is, I should have planned better. I should have planned with more money, yeah. uh, most specifically for coaching and camps. Definitely. Have you planned for it? Yes, I've budgeted for it. I just don't have any um, camps lined up yet just because it's a little early in the year and I need to look at a calendar. But, but that, dude, it's the beginning of the year. You know they're coming. Yeah, um, and, and just coaching and, and like private coaching as well. You can kind of do that whenever. Yeah, sure, dude. Anytime. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, and there's a lot of great things going on. There's Man, there's so much, so many coaches. Yeah, there's so much talent here. 
so much good coaching. Yeah. Like I have options, which is awesome. Like I can pick someone who I think I'm going to mesh well with, not just like the one free play coach on the drop zone. Yeah. It's, it's amazing what we have. And, and really there's so much going on that you can do a lot of the learning without a coach. For sure. And we talk about get good coaching, then go and work on what the coach gave you and go back to him for the next step. Where here, mm-hmm. that, that gap can be so much larger because there's so many people who've gotten coaching through the same processes and similar systems. Yeah. So it's really growing. Man, I, every time I see Nick over there giggling, I want to ask him and I just... Well, I lost. Yeah. Because... You lost. The, yeah, the, <laughs> the Aussies were talking shit in the uh, comments saying, oh, they're going to talk about us soon. So I was trying to not let that happen, but... Yeah. You brought up those fucking cunts, You right? fucking shit cunts, get out of here. <laughs> I tried to, uh, I didn't know if the name was imperative or just them was imperative. Yeah. yeah right. Either way, let's just not name names and then maybe I still have that. Yeah. Man. Yeah, right. <laughs> you right. Too right, right. You've, right, con- right? Too you've right. convinced me. You know who that was? Well, it wasn't his accent, but it was. You've convinced me. He said it all the time. Yeah, I can imagine who would say that, but I'm not going to mention that. Uh, yeah, we're not supposed to say names. Yeah. Sorry. You want to go down the local? Oh, chase some guy made a chicken chase some, chase some Sheila's. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Get some fucking frothies. Chase some skirt. Yeah, hey. Frothy one, eh? Hey. Tie one on. Hey. God. Fucking sorted. Sorted. I don't Do miss the derby. I don't miss them. Not at all. Me, Kayla, no, me neither. On. There's not a hole in my life where Ozzy's once were. Yeah, let's <laughs> move on to new, new Dobbins. Yeah, so. I saw him briefly when I was here for the week of 2017, and then he came back for vacation, like winter, going into 2019, I think. So we hung out like quite a bit when he was here. Yeah, man. Dude, it's quite a blur. How long have we been doing the unlimited jump package? At at least five years, because I was trying to think of, I remember Blair Smith being like the, the top dog of the first year. I think like 2015, no, 2016. Cause I feel like he told me that he saw a video that, that we had made promoting the jump package before that. Who was, so when did Royce and Cy, did they coincide with, I, I think know. they, I think they were the year before Luke. You know, what's funny. I'm going to Luke, then Luke. Blair. I think, Luke was, I think that's what it was. Luke, Luke and, and Royce were and the Blair. same year together, right? Yep, and they were like Cy and, and Chantel were there as well. But Luke and Royce are the ones who probably took the most advantage of jumps. Uh, then the next year was Blair. Blair Smith. Blair Smith. And oh, he's then, a billabong okay. model. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> Is that so true? I, yeah, so yeah. I've heard. I haven't even met him and <laughs> I've heard about this. handsome son of a bitch. Yeah, he uh, he actually gave up his career as a billabong model to start skydiving. He he had a contract. Now that's out dedication. It. So I, it's, I admire that. <laughs> I really, Is that true? Or are you fucking with me? I, I'm not fucking with you. I am fucking with people. I really want to leave it out there in the world, but I can't. It, when he worked in Dallas, uh, when he jumped in Dallas, uh, some of the staff there would tell the girls hanging out, like tandem students who stroll through, like, oh, yeah, he's a billabong model who gave up his career just to go skydive for fun across the world. Okay. Was, so, yeah. So it's just unsubstantiated gossip. No, it's totally made up bullshit. But it is sexy. <laughs> yeah. 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 I wanted to just leave it hanging, but I couldn't. I couldn't just leave it out there. I, I, I felt guilty. Well, this is the. Best picture I found of him so far. So we're just gonna throw that one. Oh out. man, Blair Smith is also the love guardian of Ben Nelson's dogs. The love, love guardian. guardian. I, I the love guardian is him and Ben Nelson, and then the dogs just happen to be involved in Got this it. relationship. They say the dog is a mutually beneficial part of the relationship, but those two gentlemen are in love with each other. They have a, a very lustful insight for each Good other. Good for them. Yeah. Yes. Who was after Blair? 
Glenno, I think, was the next year. 2017. Glenno. So we got Luke, Royce, Blair. Luke and Royce, that's the same year, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When was Blair? Who else was here with Blair? Oh, man. I can't remember for life of me who else was here for Blair. Let, let me... Uh, you you guys keep talking. I'm, I'm going to find the, the video After that we made about yeah. Blair. Blair, we went to uh, Glenno. Yeah, 2017 was like Glenno, Shuby. Glenno, the little the little gnome, the hobbit, Shuby. Yeah. Uh, Dicko. Dicko. Dicko and that crew, Dobby. Dobby. Dobbins. Yep. And then there was the Giver, Joey Casey. Mm-hmm. Um, Brooke. Brooke, yeah. How can I forget? Uh, JD was that same year. JD. Um, uh, Connor. Scottish, yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. He came here. He, we had Sylvain. Sylvain, oh, yeah, Sylvain. dude. Speak with marbles uh-huh. in his mouth, Sylvain. Yeah. Um, dude, he has got the most piercing blue eyes. I love his eyes, man. Um, if you're just watching, if you're just listening, uh, Blair Smith. His, did you see it when you looked over your shoulder? I did. Yeah, I've never, I've never met him in person. I've only seen the videos, but those are some Look very piercing eyes. Look at him. Oh. oh man, dude, he is a Billabong model. He, he is a top bloke. Um. Man, I'm sorry if you guys are just listening to this and suddenly we're lost, but we're actually watching the video of Blair's. Uh, this was actually the first Jump Package video you did. I think so, yeah. It's the second year of the Jump Package, the first one you did. So after those guys, we went to Henry Giver. So I got, I'm got. i going backwards. again. I've done this five times now. I'm going to keep track. Luke and Royce, mm-hmm. Blair, Glenno. Yep. Shuby, Dobby, all those guys, 2017. Henry Giver, Henry, Joey, Connor, Brooke. Sylvain. That was part of 2017. No, no, they 2018. were 2018. 2019. 2019 was huge. It's like all the, we had the people who are to be remain unspoken. It's like 30 people. Yeah, yeah. Like Brooke was on it for. So is this the seventh year? What year is that video? Uh, okay, this was published in 2016. So man, look at that. 2015. Beard. Dude, that beard. I didn't even recognize you at first. Oh, did we just have you up on the screen and I and I took it down? Yeah, do you know what a year it is? A year? No, I don't it's know. It's a beard that, that has been grown for a year. A year. Yeah, no, I like that. Um, and oh, that was nice. the beginning yeah. of my yeah. year. And so I was curious to how long I could grow a beard and it wouldn't stike like. Like, yeah. there's a stopping point of hair growing, uh-huh. for example, on my head at all. There's a stopping point. <laughs> it's just entirely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I don't want to grow. Fuck you, DJ. Yeah. But I have not found the stopping point. I went a year and two months, and it was still growing. It was down to about uh, here, Damn. so my sternum level. Um, I could literally take beard. two fistfuls and still have hair hanging off the bottom. It got it got retarded. So if if this is right, then 2015 was the first year, and that me- makes that sounds about right to me. 18, 19, this is the sixth year. 20. Wow, man! How fucking time flies! So I'm super yeah. excited about the package this year. Your package in particular. Oh God, your yeah, package man. excites me. Me Alex, too. Jesus, because it's arousing. I that that limited number of people. Suddenly, I think there's going to be a sense of obligation from these guys and gals for sure to be there for each other to yeah. maximize what's going on for each other. Mm-hmm. Where when the group was so large, you've seen a couple years now, and Nick, I don't, I want, I'm curious about your take on it. But last year, despite being the largest package year by far, it seemed like they had more struggles getting people on loads at times. Where with a smaller package cruise, we actually had more success. Yeah. 
Gosh, I don't know if that's true or not, but I didn't really pay attention to it. I've given it zero thought until until you said that just now. Yeah. You commonly are stuck in a hole in the wall. Yeah, but I, I feel like that there were still quite a few loads going with jump jump back. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. But I also think they did have numbers on their side, so they're like, well, yeah. we don't have to be that motivated because we have that many yeah. people. Maybe not, though. I, don't, I, I wasn't at the pack. I think I, I heard know. more complaining this year about not being able to get the loads fly than I've heard any year prior. But maybe well, that's just because you got more people complaining about yeah. it. Yeah. Say maybe it's the more jump package people you have, the louder of a whine you're going to hear, right? <laughs> and there was some pretty loud whine this year. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. No, there was, man. You got that many people. There's going to be some loud whiners. Yeah, for we're, sure. We're not going to say who their names were mm-hmm. because they might be Australian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Stupid. shit cunts. God. You're Did, right. We need to think about what I want to ask them for more insults other than calling you a shit fucking cunt, hey? Man, that's that's my favorite They're one by far. Though, cause like, don't be a shit cunt, eh? Because <laughs> it covers so many things. Just like, shit cunt. You're just a bad guy. You're not a good guy. <laughs> if my grandmother is watching this, oh, I'm yeah, sorry, sorry for yeah, anyone who yeah, thinks apologies. we're respectable people. Apologies for any. I am not any worried. My grandmother's a dad, so okay. we're pretty good in legitimacy. <laughs> so. And it's like the Aussie C word, it's not like the American C word. I feel like when you say it with an American accent, it does have a lot more oomph to it. But when it's Aussie, it's just. How no, do you feel rolls. about that word in general, cunt? I mean, it's never really bothered me. When I hear it in a sentence now, especially being surrounded by Aussies for so long, it doesn't even register in my brain. Yeah. But the first time I heard it, like casually thrown around in conversation, it did kind of hit the reset button. I was like, oh, you just said what? You know, because I feel like it's a lot more potent than any other English swear word. Like if you if you call someone a cunt in English, like you're, you're very serious. Yeah, it's not a word you'd ever say around anyone's mom. Yeah. Exactly. Like that's not like you could let an f bomb slip. Like being like you know maybe you're telling a story you're really enthusiastic For about. For sure. But man, no one's saying cunt without realizing that they're <laughs> saying that in front of somebody's mom. Yeah, exactly. Not gonna happen. I uh, I've, I've never. I guess growing up Christian, there was always a big deal about words, including like dang uh, is a candy coated cuss word, so it's dang. a bad word. I've heard of that. Dang. And I've always dang. dang. Hey, um, I uh, you know, my pajamas, man. <laughs> uh, you, uh, I, I've always actually because of that strongly felt against. I'm like, it's just a word. It doesn't yeah. like. Why are we so putting so much value on a word? Why is it so important? How am I going to do anything different in my life because I choose to make a sound with my face? For sure. Yep. So I've, I think I've always had. I mean, there's a lot of words that I don't have any problems with that I understand the negative social connotations of mm-hmm. and, and and I get why people have a problem with it, but at the same time, I think they're wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to use yeah. those words. Um, yeah, just out of like respect for the other yeah, person yeah. or whatever, but I would agree. Like, yeah. Just but sounds. I'm positive I can use words right now that I don't mean anything by, and it's a good descriptive word. Mm-hmm. Like you're being a cunt. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> that it's a good like when when you say that you do picture a person or like a certain attitude right like that is a pretty good descriptive word if yeah but not not if you're t- listening to an Aussie say it because they'll yeah, say like, it about yeah. anything yeah, yeah, yeah they use but, it but in way America, more casually if, if we're talking about American culture yeah it's like oh it's like somebody's about to fight somebody if I hear <laughs> yeah. that it's like a bar in the U S yeah. No, but we get we get caught up on that word, man. There's so many words we get caught up on. Yeah. I, I really hate. Give words. me another one. <laughs> no, because I <laughs> no. Just uh, start saying actually bad words, dirty words. You tease me all the time about the trigger uh, retard. He's retarded. <laughs> He's fucking retarded. Uh, yeah. I have no problem using that word in a connotation and context of, of talking shit about somebody. 
But yet, my parents have grown up working with special needs people. I have a huge list of friends who have kids and family members who have different and special needs, mm. and I have a huge heart for those folks. Huge heart, man. You'll never like I, you'll you'll see people who have a bigger heart than me, but I'm amongst those friends who uh, I I just connect with people. But mm-hmm. retard's just a fucking word, man. A little ironic. Yeah, it is, dude. It's so just ironic, like, it's retarded. <laughs> just a little. It's a small joke. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, man, I just think be, being offended by words, it's like, yeah, just get, o- get over it. Yeah. yeah. Like, even my intent, like, you, I can, I can talk shit to Alex and tell him, like, the most shitty thing ever about himself and the way I feel about him. And you're probably going to be like, okay, it's up to you to put a value on how I feel. Totally. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. Yeah, man. It, it's it's one of the, the best things I've learned to do in my life is to not care what you say, but to listen to what you say. Like, I, I've, I've had Nick say something to me about the way I was behaving, acting, or whatever, and he says it in a very snarky way. I don't know if you can get that from Nick. He <laughs> can be very snide. And, so I've heard. <laughs> yeah, and snarky. <laughs> and I can legitimately see where some soft-skin little wuss would get upset the way Nick said it to him. And I just hear Nick saying what he's saying. Like, oh, oh, yeah, now yeah. I'm aware of what he just said. Yeah, just passing along information. Okay. You know? I mean, he's obviously a little grumpy today, but that's okay. That's Nick. That happens. Hey, yeah. I'm having less yeah. of those days. I'm trying to do better. But yeah. now I know the information I need to know. Totally. So like, yeah, don't get offended by anything anybody says. It really, it's, mm-hmm. I mean, even if I'm grumpy, even if I'm mad at you when I say it, like I really mean something good. Hank is really sure. the epitome of that. Like, if you if you find somebody with a passion for safety, Hank is one of them. Uh, yeah, Steph is another sure. one. When they're barking mm-hmm. at you about safety, it's because they care so much. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, dude, this year you don't know your goals yet as far far as formations or, or, or big ways because we haven't gotten there yet. You don't know the schedule. You don't know what's coming up. Yeah, as far as specific events, I um, don't know, but I I know what I want to work on, just not when. Yeah. Okay. And. VFS is one of the things you mentioned besides big ways. Do you have a specific goal? Like I want to do a four way team. I just want to go turn points. Um, I four way looks fun. Um, two way looks really cool too. Or like artistic three way or whatever that is considered now. Yeah. That's um, a good way to, that's exactly how you say it. I would say that I'm interested in both and I can't really make my mind up until I try both because yeah. I haven't really done a lot of either. Like I've done a lot of two ways, but it's not, it's mostly like fun. Or not fun, but like building fundamentals and that kind of stuff, you know. I think it's super fair. Don't go in with any expectation biases. Mm-hmm. Really say, I, I, I do or won't, won't like this. Yeah. The way I see it, I've kind of got like a golden ticket to, to try everything this year. Like I can try so many different things. Why get caught up doing Butt sex. one thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> you were thinking uh, it. No, I totally wasn't. But it's like, that's that's one of my favorite things about the show. You can just say whatever, whatever you gotta say. Yeah, you uh, want to bring up butt, butt sex, sex out of the out of the blue? Go for it. Yeah, out, or out of the brown, I guess. Out of the brown. Mm, you need to wipe better. <laughs> you need to. I so still let's need not to get into that conversation. No, no the enema machine is what I want. I still want the enema machine. Oh, you mean the uh, bidet? Bidet. bidet. That's yeah. uh, dude. I really can't think of the name. Man, of I would. Li- I still haven't tried a bidet, dude. Like one. It's great. Have you have one. one? Have one at home. Is it sparkling yeah. water? Uh, yeah, that's that's where I can my like own. the bubbles. My the own, bubbles. Yeah. Do you, if I, you use sparkling water, do you fart more afterwards? I, I get, that's where I get the water loo. You get it? It's from the loo. Oh. Yeah. So so you're bringing me your used toilet water either tomorrow I mean, or Saturday. used is a strong word. Lightly used? Recycled. Recycled. Uh, Repurposed. I like that, yeah. 
Yeah. Sustainable. So when you it's hear good. the name Waterloo, what's the first thing that comes to mind to you besides that sparkling water now? What? N- nothing. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? Nope. I have no reference to Oh, my that. God. It's, it's a definitely an age thing. They went to a water park in the movie. They called it Waterloo. So mm. they took Napoleon. You know nothing about this movie, do you? Gosh, I've seen it, but... They time been travel. Been I think you're on your own here. Yeah. I've seen it, but it's been a very long time. We've had this conversation plenty of times. I mm. got movie references down if they're before 1990. Yeah. If they're after 2000, Nick has it covered. Yeah. In the 90s, we're Fair fucked. Enough. We just kind of have a, a best area. Yeah, I can't really help you in the 90s. Actually, I'm pretty decent with those as well. So, yeah. um, God dang, I lost track of thought. We, we yeah, I think sex. I did too. You lost yeah. me at butt sex. But, so many butt opportunities. Sex, yeah, I kind of have a, a golden opportunity to try a lot of things. I know what I'm interested in, but if that changes halfway through the year, I'm not going to keep doing something I'm not interested in. Like, my yeah. interest changed, and like, yeah, I'm going to, I want to go pursue that instead, you know? Mark Jenner came here with the idea to become a wingsuit guy and really wanted to push yeah, wingsuiting. I remember that. Actually, so did Josh Pettit. Yeah, Josh actually. Pettit, I, kinda, he, I totally forgot about that. Oh, he dude, did. he came in swinging heavy wanting yeah, a wingsuit. Yeah, he was very motivated, I remember. And he gave it a try and, and respect to him that he didn't stick with what he had to stick with. You know, he didn't trap himself in a corner. He goes, hey, I tried it. It's not what I wanted to do. I was wrong. For sure. And he decided to do something else, and it's really smart or really good if you can admit you're wrong. Because goddamn, I'm, I'm wrong all the time. That I'm pretty good at. Yeah, for sure. Um, any belly flying in your future? Uh, yeah, definitely. I still enjoy belly flying. I wouldn't say that I have specific goals in the same way that I have them with. Uh, <laughs> Don't ruin what he's saying. I'm playing stupid Bill and Ted. I just saw Napoleon. Oh, nice. Um, I wouldn't say that I have like really set out goals for for belly, but I pretty much I want to avoid being the free flyer who can't belly fly, and you're like sinking out on belly formations and stuff. Like I don't ever want to be that guy. And like belly is still fun to me, especially now that I can jump a lot more often, and I'm not paying for well, I am paying for slots, but it's different, different dynamic. Right. Like it's still fun to me, but I don't have as many set goals as I do with like free flying, let's say. Yeah. Do, do you have a plan for like what's going to happen at the end of this year? Um, like, are you going to try and keep working in skydiving? Do you want to get off the packing floor? I go back and forth. So I definitely want to pursue some ratings in the fall. I'm interested in both tandem and AFF. I, know I don't. Guy. Yeah, I think you do. Um, I don't know if I want to use them at the end of this year because I'm interested in other sports. And eventually, I'd like to take a like a little hiatus from skydiving, just because I kind of have the personality. If I stick around for too long, I might get I don't want to say burnt out, just a little tired. So I want to keep it special. So maybe at the end of twenty twenty, do a little bit more traveling and see where it takes me. I would. So I would. I have recommendation off what you said, and part of it is yeah. don't do it. Um, <laughs> so what I'm gonna say, don't do. I'm gonna say cut in half. Okay. Um, I'm gonna get my ratings, then I'm not gonna use them. And then I'm going to eventually use them and not remember what I just learned. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. Um, so I, but at the same time, don't do it, and then you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So pick one mm-hmm. of the two, and you got plenty of time to decide. Mm-hmm. Choose which one it is you want. Get the rating in time that you can do a little bit of that work. Uh, if it's a tandem rating, ideally finish the year with fifty to one hundred tandems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's an AFF rating, finish the year with twenty-five to fifty AFF jumps. Uh, whichever one, um, and that way, when you go to step away, you a have some experience that you can help cement what you just learned. But yeah. b, when you walk away, you know what you're walking away from, and it makes an easier decision to say, you know what, I do want to continue this path. 
mm-hmm. or no, I want to jump off the skydiving path or you're off of it and you know you want to come back to it. It totally. gives you a, a definitive chapter ending. Like mm-hmm. Give that placeholder. Yeah, that's good advice. Thank you. Oh, dude, yeah. You're welcome. I, I am a, the one thing I don't like to give advice about with ratings is I don't like telling people to get ratings they don't want. For it's, sure. It's, oh, yeah, it, that seems like a recipe for disaster. It's, we talked about too much on the show, so people know they've heard it already, but you just talk people into hating skydiving. Yeah, for sure. You're just uh, doing something you don't want to do all day. That's, I mean, it's bound to crash and burn at some point. You've seen them. I, it's, uh, yeah. Some definitely. of my friends as TIs are, the, are those people. I love them. I, hate, I love them to death, but mm-hmm. they hate what they do. Yeah. They act like they're having fun. Yeah, and that's the worst. Like, I, j- I just don't ever want to find myself in that position, you know? Yeah. We haven't really talked uh, about parachute skills. Do you have any, any canopy plans for the year? I wouldn't say that I have plans. I'm interested in canopy for sure. Um, what are you flying right now? Just a uh, Sabre 2 120. Sabre 2 120. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to remember that when we talk to you at the end of the year. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. What's your wing loading on that? Um, depends on, I don't know, how well I've been eating, but like 1.35 to 1.4-ish, somewhere around okay. there. Um, the way I, I kind of look at canopy now is skydiving is relatively safe for the most part, it, but canopy is the thing that's most likely to hurt, hurt or kill me. So I'm going to take it like pretty seriously and be conservative. Um, so just, I mean, it's still fun right now and I still feel like I have some things to learn on this parachute. So I'm not going to like, I I don't set goals. Like I want to be on this wing by this jump number. It's just like when it happens, it happens, you know, do you want, but so what kind of skill sets and not necessarily specific, but are you looking to just be a straight in accuracy guy swoop? What are you looking for? No, I would, I would definitely like to do some more swooping and like hitting the pond looks awesome. Um, I, I'm curious to see how far I get on that this year. Maybe I get the bug like some people have in the past and just start doing all canopy stuff. Or maybe I just like do some some decent 90s in the in the landing area and just call it good, you know? I, I can honestly say it's a very easy picture for me to see you on a cross brace at the end of this year. Not necessarily that you should, will, or need to be. Mm-hmm. But if it was a path you chose, you could be there. Are you against that? Not saying aiming for it. Mm, I wouldn't say that I'm against it at all. I'm just uh, taking my time and not really pushing it. Just kind of seeing where it takes me. Yeah. D- and I, I definitely feel much more strongly about the freefall aspect of jumping as well. So that's kind of taking up like a very large percentage of what I'm focusing on with jumping. Even sure. though I'm still I'm still doing canopy every jump, but I'm there for the free fall. I'm there for the free fly stuff that I'm working yeah. on, and the canopy is just extra. That makes complete sense. No, it's legitimate. Um, I, I'll challenge you, and I think you've already challenged yourself because you said I need to look, sit down, look at the calendar, and find out when these things are going on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, by the end of February, you should have some pretty solid goals. By the end of January, you should probably have some pretty solid goals. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd, I'd like to by the end of this yeah. month. The only thing I think that would hinder you from having concrete goals by the end of this month is if the weather shits out the rest of the month so you can't see where you're at. Mm-hmm. being able to see where you're at through the first month of jumping. Mm-hmm. You know, you've come in with loose goals, but pretty reasonable goals. Like, I think you're already more focused on the average person where you're at, mm-hmm. but you also watched a year and a half of package people. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people come and go, and I've just kind of been taking mental notes the entire time of, hey, I like this, I don't like that. Let's uh, either adopt it or try to avoid it. Now, one thing uh, a lot of guys and gals have done is they've shown up and back to they've been short-sighted and they've been short financially or mm-hmm. struggled. Yeah, You actually have a plan this year to keep yourself going. Yeah, definitely. I'm uh, still packing weekends, so Saturday and Sunday I'm still uh, working. 
making money. You really, I, I Nick, do you know if any, or even uh, uh, not? You're not Justin. You are uh, Alex. <laughs> Alex, man, dude, I swear it's just things. All gingers look alike. Fucking racist. <laughs> yeah, it's racist. Yeah, That's something. Um, I think you're the first person to really go full time staff to full time package. We've had people who've Maybe. used, yeah. Because like Ronnie, Veronica, she was full-time staff at some point. And didn't she do the package one year? She did the package, and I feel like she went into it thinking that she was still going to kind of work like as, as needed or part-time. And I think she ended up just mostly doing the jump package. Okay. I didn't get... It was hard to keep track of because she did, I think, float between here and Dallas during that process. I do have lost track of when yeah, she Yeah, I did. think that's right. Okay. Um, and it's so easy to lose track of all you people. Um, what do you mean, you people? <laughs> skydivers. Okay. Veronica. Racist against skydivers, too. Mm, I yeah. say Veronica's not white, but actually she is white with a good tan. She's Russian. Veronichka. Veronichka. Is that her real name, or is that just... I think that's how you say it in Russian. Oh, that's how you say Veronica. In Russian. Mother okay. Russia. Man, they used to be the commies, and now they're the sexy ladies. <laughs> I got something about... So how's that mail-order bride catalog been looking... Beautiful man, absolutely awesome. wonderful. Really been looking mainly at the Ukrainian the women. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, the Ukrainian women really got me excited right now. So cool. You know Val's checking. Oh. <laughs> Val, Val, hear all this and be okay with it. Uh, have you ever? Nick, Nick hates this joke. I'm sure Val is uh, half Canadian, half Czechoslovakian, mm. or excuse me, from the Czech Republic because that is Slovak and the Czech Republic are different places. Mm. Uh, so her father's got Czech ancestry. So if she died skydiving, she'd be a bounce check. Oh my god! Oh yes, Nick, all right. Yeah. That's kind of funny. <laughs> I don't remember hearing that before. Really, I've told. I remember to us. Well, I think I've told it to you before, and you well, just gave me like my a memory is not that good. So maybe maybe <laughs> I wasn't even paying attention. That's very possible. Right. My memory is shit. So I'm decent at remembering skydiving facts. After that, it's yeah, good kind of a wash. Everybody. Yeah. Um. Set some goals for this year. Get, kind of get those yeah, figured out. Uh, totally. Belly, uh, we we hit on some of those questions, but I'll get more specific. For example, Texas 20 Ways is a thing in Houston. Mm-hmm. Are you interested in doing something like that? Definitely, because I think that's a really good platform to build big way knowledge. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm not necessarily interested in Belly, it would be nice to learn it in like a little early on, maybe like a slower environment, like free fall wise. Like it might be, good to build those fundamentals where it all started on belly and then apply that to free flying and another one that i don't think people understand well enough and don't give enough uh, we don't see this event enough either uh the uh, is raul's big way camps yeah for sure i've heard really good things about those yeah. camps i've never been on one but 8300 jumps when i tend to roll big ways camps mm-hmm. and i've yeah. been on 40 ways is my biggest um i'm not a huge fan of big ways mm. Um, but my understanding of big ways is different than what big ways are today. Got you it. know, I, I have an old memory of when big ways were a very different thing. Uh, um, the discipline, the approach, the fundamentals of what are being taught today are, are very eye-opening, and they're much better. Nice, that's um, good to hear. Yeah, I didn't learn tons from Raul's camp that I haven't learned before. Mm. But it's very interesting to see that these people are learning it at a most fundamental level. It took me 20 years to mm-hmm. get to a point where I could say I didn't hear much that I haven't heard before. Yeah. These guys are getting it in their first year of skydiving. Yeah, that's super cool. You're getting all that information like right up front, like right yeah. when you get started. Do you plan on doing stuff like his camp? I would love to. Yeah. Um, we'll see how it all works out just because I am working weekends. So I don't oh, want, yeah, I don't right. want I- Ivy to 
kill me. To punch I'm taking you. too much time off. But yeah, yeah. I, I'm definitely planning on getting the weekends that I can and making making the most of it. Have you been able to squeeze any jumps in on a on a weekend? Yeah. So last Saturday and Sunday we were jumping. I did I think three on Saturday and four on Sunday. Nice. Um, yeah, it was really good. Um, pretty mellow pace. It's we were relatively busy both days, but it is a winter day and. Ivy and the rest of the Packers are still pretty cool with like, hey, we know you want to jump, like go for it, you know. Do you have a different feel like packing for a living? Do you have a different feel packing your own rig from a fun jump than you do packing <laughs> someone else's rig for work? Um, sometimes I try to pack out on the carpet in the hangar where you guys pack, so I feel like I'm not at work. Um, but I do find myself slipping back into the same like thought processes that I go through when I'm at work because you're doing the same thing over and over again. And you're you, like, you have to think about something after a while just because you're not really thinking about packing anymore. So I have caught myself a couple of times like packing myself for a fun jump and just like feeling like I'm at work mentally and like, nope, stop that. You're having fun. This is a fun jump. So have you found anything to combat that? Like anything to, to keep your head in, in the right spot? Like what do you do when you notice yourself having that thought? Um, to be honest, when I notice it, I'll just like lay my canopy down and just like walk away because I can. It's like, I'm not on a call. This is not for anybody. I don't I'm have not to pack paid. this fucking thing right now. Yeah, exactly. Or I'll wait until I'm on like a 15 minute call when I like have to pack it and like go walk around and like be a fun jumper instead of a, a packer for the day. It's so cool. Though. I just list, watching you smile right yeah. now. You're so lit up, man. It's like I said, the reality of this year has not set in for me yet. It's still very surreal. It's all new and it's yeah. You got to bring that price per jump down a little bit. Then it'll start getting real. Yeah, that's true. To be honest, I try not to think about it. The way I see it, it's already done. It's paid yeah, for. Yeah, you spent. Like, I mean, none, none of that's coming back, right? Now, yeah. now the only thing you can measure by is how many jumps you make and how how much you learn, right? Yeah, exactly. It once was the more you jump, the more expensive you got. Now it's the more you jump, the cheaper it gets. Yeah, it's the other way around. I have an incentive to go jump now. Like it's make it worth your while. Yeah. I mean, right now, twelve thousand five hundred dollars divided by thirty. Yeah, whatever. That's that, pretty that, expensive. That is. Yeah, it's not going to work out. Pretty absurd when you look at it that way. Do you know the break-even number for that? I think with the normal price, like twenty-eight bucks a jump, yeah. I think it was like four sixty something. Okay. But with me being full-time staff, I was getting a small discount on jump tickets, so I'm applying that number to it. So it's like five, ten, something. I think that's super like fair. Five eleven. Yeah. Legit, you you add that number to it. Yeah, and. Um, you know, knock on wood or whatever, but I'm, as long as I stay healthy and stay, stick around the drop zone, like it shouldn't be uh, too too unattainable to get that much. Like a thousand sounds like a great number, but we'll see. I think a thousand. One of the things that you mentioned is quality. You don't care about quantity. Yeah. Um, sure. For example, you'll take slower paced days to get camps. Like, hey, I might not make the most jumps today, but I yeah. got like five super awesome learning jumps instead of 10 cool jumps. Mm hmm. Um, even taking that quality pace, even w jumping mainly on week weekdays, not on weekends, I still mm -hmm. think you're going to get a thousand. I think it's very real. I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. So seems, I, seems realistic. I got to ask you uh, a work question. Now I'm going to go yeah. straight to work real quick for a minute. Yeah. One of the things, you know, we do with uh, the rating center is we do training. We train instructors, we train staff members, uh, mm -hmm. or not staff members, but uh, uh, coaches, AFF instructors. AFF instructors, if Nick comes to take a course, an AFF course, he pays on his jump, his slot. Mm -hmm. My slot is the evaluator and the videographer slot we use to train with. Mm -hmm. Something that we've been very blessed to use is we have unlimited jump package guys and gals who like, hey, yo, I'll go shoot that video. I'm already free. Mm -hmm. um, a, it saves Nick uh, paying for a slot. 
B, we've always tried to use people who are interested in a rating because now basically you're getting a free look at the course. You get to debrief with us. You get totally. to fly outside of it. Mm-hmm. I think you know where the question, this question is going. Would you be interested in shooting video? Yeah, I would love to. Okay, awesome. Sounds man. like a great time. I've I've like stalked you guys a little bit when you're like doing the debrief stuff on the ground for the AFF stuff, and it mm-hmm. looks like a good time for me as a video flyer. I don't necessarily envy the uh, instructor candidate all the time, but it looks like you guys are having a good time. So I'd love to join you. Dude, they uh, they are working hard. Next week yeah, we uh, actually have a course hard. running with Marcy. Cool. So uh, that would be fun. I might hit you up next week then. Cool. Awesome. There might be a couple of growing pains at first, like maybe the first jump, first couple of jumps, because I don't fly video that often, but... We'll help you through it. I'll try my best, I can tell you that. Now, we'll definitely train you through the process. Cool. Uh, if you come shoot video for a course, first of all, we're going to talk about here is what you expect. This is what we expect of you. Mm-hmm. This is what's going to happen. Uh, I will tell you when somebody shoots video of a course, I will. Uh, if your video is unusable for the candidates learning, then they no longer cover your slot. You must pay for your own slot. Oh, well, bummer. Is that uh, can you accept that? Yeah, absolutely. Because that that's for real, that's you should see that's a fair policy, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you <laughs> cool. Let's yeah. do it. Very fortunately, you're you're helping out with that slot no matter what. So it really saves these guys. These Good. guys and gals yeah. make ten to eighteen jumps total. Cool. Nice. So you yeah, can imagine you're saving Marcy two hundred fifty plus dollars. Yeah, that's super cool. So yeah, I get to be selfish, have beer. fun, and save friends money. That sounds like a great deal to me. Do you drink Dosakis? I do. So she's got to sponsor you case, me. <laughs> he's got the man in the van. I've got the man in the van. I wish I had photos. I should have came more prepared. Marcy's going to buy you a case of it. Perfect. For helping her out. All right. Let's do it. You guys are set. You guys are good to go. All right. Yeah. I'm sure some mooch on the drops will show up and drink all the beer for you. Oh, I'm sure. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to make that noise. <laughs> Why was that? Totally You've been quiet for like 10 minutes. Sorry. And that's sorry. how you break the silence. Yeah, I, I was talking more hashtag shit and then I got lost. Uh, okay. I got how lost. that was still anything very... I should know about? I feel like there's a whole conversation happening oh, that I'm God. oblivious to. You don't, you don't I'll read the comments later. How emphatic that haw was. Did you have somebody in mind when I said that? No, not at all. Why would you even suggest such a thing? Okay. No, it didn't <laughs> seem like that at all. Did you have someone in mind when you said it? It switches on and off in my brain sometimes, but I can't think of the name. Uh, me neither. All right. Uh, do, do you have a favorite skydive so far in your 400 and some odd jumps? You mean like individual skydive or like type of skydive? Like one specific skydive that's mm. more fun than all the rest. To be honest, I don't. Um, what about it's all like kind a, of a, blur. a proudest moment? A thing that you've been working on? Any, anything like Honestly, that? Honestly, proudest moment or like one of the most memorable now that I do think about it is um, holding a sit fly for the first time with Joey Casey. Mm-hmm. I just I remember like it. finding that vertical axis whatever and like feeling the speed pick up and your perspective changes because you're no longer belly to earth and you see things differently i'm like this is free flying i'm doing it i think i'm crushing it but i'm not i'm like (laughs) fucking backsliding and joey's chasing me yeah so is everybody yeah but just that moment was probably one of the coolest ones i've had because i was like i'm doing it this is a goal of mine and it's so cool i didn't expect like this huge change of perspective you didn't have a similar feeling when you were flying head down for the first time um not necessarily. I think I did for sure because it was a new thing and a new discipline or a new way of flying. But just that first time of really breaking it and and seeing everything from a free fly perspective or whatever, like the first time is always the best. So that was that was definitely my favorite moment. Hell yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I am every time I'm on my head now because I'm still like knocking on the door of head down, I think. Every time I'm on my head, I'm still like very excited. Like I'm, 
too excited. Mom, for, mom, look. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Don't fuck this up. I think I'm still doing it. Like, you know. Yeah, I, I feel like you're reading my mind. <laughs> it, it's. I think almost all of us at some point in a new discipline. And for me, on my head, I don't fly on my head enough. Nick's flown with me on my head, and he's seen that look on my face. He knows I'm not kidding when I say you're reading my mind. Yeah. It, it's so... Uh, Man, it's all just so challenging. By the way, Marcy apparently listened to that whole conversation, so she's Did she? already yeah, Perfect. she's all hyped in the comments. Dude, she right is, man. Is she? All right, uh, let's starts do this. with I like this. Yes, bitch. Yes. yes, and ends with I'll have Natty light for the mooches. Ooh, perfect. Yeah. Oh. Natty for the mooches. I like yeah, that. So. Um, man, we're wrapping up. We're coming close to the end. Yeah, uh, always, quickly. I'll do. Always goes by so quick, so easy. You have witnessed. A bunch of experience. You, you have probably the most experience of the jump package before you get on the jump package. Did that? You, are you picking yeah, up on my now? Yeah, it's okay. making sense. How much do you think this is going to help you? Oh, it's so valuable. I can't find the words to explain yeah, you've it. You've kind of seen some people do it well and some people do it poorly, right? Yeah, most definitely. Help, helps make the plan. Yeah. It's so interesting. I've never seen anybody come into this. I didn't realize how deeply rooted your plan was. Yeah, I kind of kept it a secret. I was afraid it wouldn't work out, and then everyone would like throw it in my face a little bit. <laughs> Dude, you told me this at the very end of the year, yeah. that it was your plan, and I knew the prices were jacked up. Mm -hmm. And that's why I was like, I don't know if for sure you want to do it or not. Yeah, And sure. you seem pretty positive. I'm like, okay. And when you yeah. pause, I'm like, you're, you're a well-thought-out guy. Yeah, I didn't want to like, like explain it, but I was like, yeah, I've been... I'm serious. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not just I've, because I had a lot of people approach me and express interest as well. Like, hey, man, I think I'm going to do the package. It's like, cool. I'll race you to the fucking yeah, cash I'll, register. I'll race you there because I've been thinking about this too much for like a year and a half. Like, it's I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to make it happen. Have you rubbed it in anyone's face? I've tried not to. M maybe. But do you kind of want to? Uh, there was a part of me initially. In, in whose face specifically? I can do uh, it. Man, like, like a Bogan's face. <laughs> No, but it was cool. Tell, like tell the, me after the day that it got released, like I'm walking around the drop zone, people were giving me high fives. You feel like a rock star. They're like, mm -hmm. "You just bought the package." I'm like, "I know, I just bought the package." You feel like you just won the car on the prices, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like lights are going off, like music is playing in the background, like everything makes sense again. It was awesome. It still isn't over. I mean, it's. I know I've seen you on several occasions and walk by and just. It's hard to not smile at the way you were smiling. Yeah, just so much hard work going into one thing and making it happen is just so satisfying yeah. you and uh, also another person who we should uh, not should will hopefully be having on a show sometime soon uh katie van lo yeah. both of you are lit the fuck up yeah before you guys go. yeah it's cool too because she and i started doing two ways well before we planned the package you know like we just had similar interests and then it kind of like started and it is what it is now it was yeah. like hey we're both in the package and we're still working on stuff together We'll let Katie tell her own story at some point, yeah, but at the sure. same time, uh, what's your guys? Do you guys are you guys planning on doing a lot of jumps together? Yeah, definitely. Um, we've spoken briefly about some like two way stuff, some team stuff, maybe okay. depending on how this year goes. And um, it's also just nice having someone who's on the same page who has similar goals, who you can just do two ways with all the time, and you get really comfortable flying with the same person and. It, you know, it's easy to tell each other, like, hey, you're fucking this up or whatever. Like, we don't, you know, we're not walking on eggshells with each other. It's you easy guys to, like, debrief and, like, hey, you suck at this. I know. Like, let's try to figure it out. You guys have been on the same packing team for a year. Yeah. For over 12 months. Mm -hmm. You guys have the same jump number within, like, 20. 
Yeah, somewhere around there. So you guys have the same jump number. Mm -hmm. Your skill sets aren't far off from each other's. Um, I think you both have different strengths and weaknesses. You both outshine it, but but you you have very similar skill sets. Mm -hmm. And you're both in that. We talked about sweet spot of where we think the slow burn's done and the fast burn's is happening. Yeah, it's like I couldn't think of a better situation, honestly. I'm super curious. I'm super excited to see what's happening and what, what is what is going to happen, man. Yeah. Um. We we got to close out. I've got to uh, get wrapped up tonight. I actually have an early morning. I can't make sure I don't screw this one up tonight. Anything else you want to share with your friends, family, your pookies watching and listening? <laughs> oh gosh, pookie. Oh man, no. So uh, I call you the pookie monster. The pookie monster? I don't think so. It's mostly oh. just big pookie, large pookie. Oh, I love it when mm-hmm. you call me big pookie. Yeah, exactly. It's nice. But other than that, no. I mean, love everybody who's watching, all the friends, JPCs, family, everyone. Mom, love you. Mom, man, uh, Mr. P, anything you got? Uh, pretty excited about the uh, air show. That's the the. What are you doing? You're squashing my head over there. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the land uh, air show is what we're calling it right now, right? I show. still struggle with the word road show. It's still it's the road show. Okay, whatever. No, 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 no. I I I've been calling it the air. I'm still struggling. I like the air show. I like the name. I'm with you. I'm sold. But I'm still uh, struggling. Hu- huge shout out to. I'm not surprised that the people with hearts big enough to uh, to donate and help us out are also people who have kind of asked to not be publicly acknowledged for doing that. Yeah. So those people know who they are. I'm sure most of them are going to hear this, so just a huge thanks to the people that have been helping that project along. It means, means a whole lot. Um, I do real quickly want to plug in and then stack on top of that. Uh, a few of you guys have been super heavy hitters. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I'll say it again in person when I see you every time. Um, thank you so much. I will tell you guys and gals, uh, if this goes well, I am going to go ahead and t- speak ahead. I do want to do this again some other time. It might be another year from now. Um, I know at least one or two of our supporters have said if we do this again anytime, they'd be happy to support us again. So it's definitely something we look like we can repeat. Um, although, Nick, I think a West Coast might be uh, an option that time. I, I don't know. I Really, that's a year plus down the road. Um, we'll, we'll figure that out. Um, PIA might be a really good time to... I, I, yeah, that might be fun. What is it? Cincinnati? Cincinnati. God, fuck, man. <laughs> I've been in Cincinnati in the winter. Cincinnati. Yeah, I've spent a lot of time in Cincinnati in the winter. It uh, doesn't sound that exciting, yeah. if I'm being honest. Alex O'Connor, you know Alex. Yeah. Alex O'Connor uh, was and is from Cincinnati, and we worked together in Indiana. And in the winters, we partied in Cincinnati. Uh, he lived in Cincinnati, so we partied his house a lot. Dude, I there's not tons to do in the winter in the Midwest. I guess we'll be in a conference room the hotel the whole time anyways. And I'm going to get drunk. Get drunk. I'm definitely not going to do that. Ah, oh, dude, you got, are you gonna? Oh, are you gonna come hang out at PIA at all if, if we don't do uh, our thing? I maybe. I mean, last year I was only there for a day, and it was pretty enjoyable. Man. But I, I would definitely plan more time to spend at actual seminars. So I try and pick a few that seemed like practical, you know, maybe more business oriented information. But uh, I might go. Haven't haven't given it much thought. You know, uh, dude, it's something like $300 or so for the uh, full pass for the week at PIA. If you mm-hmm. actually present a seminar at PIA, your admission is free. Nice. And I think a video marketing seminar, uh, people talking about video marketing stuff is, is very helpful. And I'm not saying that just to get your free pass in there, but I think you could actually Are get... Are you trying to get me to talk about video marketing yeah, at PIA? Is that yeah, what you're trying yeah, to do right 100%. now? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I, I could give it a shot. 
Yeah, man. I got some. I actually have some interesting business questions I want to talk to you about sometime soon. Well, Should de- we have a meeting? Should we have a formal meeting? Can I wear a tie? Definitely Can off I the come? air, and definitely like a more like serious talk. All right. Um, no fucking ties. I'm. Uh, you know, it, it it piques my interest a little bit. I'm. I don't know that uh, I would feel totally prepared to to talk. So I mean, most of what I know about video marketing is self learned, and not like I don't have a lot of formal marketing training, and I don't have a lot of even video training. But uh, I seem to be able to make some stuff that people like. So, so somebody who is school taught will come give me a seminar and regurgitate the things I already learned in school. Somebody who is street ta- taught and self taught will come teach me approaches and things I haven't heard about. I learned on the streets, bitch. You are a fucking <laughs> thug ass editor. Watch out, <laughs> thug ass editor. I'm gonna make you. I'm gonna shoot you with a camera, then with a gun. What's up? Yeah, man. Well, you know how to drop those beats. Play that funky white boy music. Ooh, is it you happening? Are already uh, on it. Is it happening? Guys and I think gals, it's happening. grab that radio. Nick may or may oh not be God. with us next week. It should be Thursday. Nick, I might we're die on before that. then. True. We have uh, our guests lined up. We'll announce it. We'll get to it soon. Till then, Gravity Lab Radio. Alex the Glopper. Glop, glop, glop. Later. Later, Wilfred. We're out. Later. <laughs> I'm having a rave party. Wilfred. <laughs> We've been talking a lot through the outro. I don't know why. Did you? Did is I this use still the outro? Yeah, it's it is. Some people are still hearing the shit. Yeah. Oh well. Did you notice the hashtag Wilfred? Did I use I it? I did, man. I totally forgot about that nickname until then. Uh, that was only for you. I mean, oh. like maybe Ivy got it. Yeah, I was thinking that. I was like, man, this is like I'm the only one who's gonna get this shit. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Oh, I love so cool. I love hidden hashtags for people. So. Yeah, that was good. Hey, for my Aussie buddies, I just want to give a huge shout out to uh, Gosh, can't remember their names. Hey, why don't you... Oh, wow, look at you. I can't remember any names either. Who is it? Uh, To uh, Jack. Peace, bitch.